from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everybody, your new favorite podcast. If you're wondering what that creak is right before we start every time, I lean over to see if the recorder is actually recording, and then I lean back, and sometimes my chair does a little... Now it's not going to do it, because I'm trying to get it to go, and it's not going to do it. Okay, well, thanks. Anyway, that's what that is. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everybody. Uh, what a, We have a busy week today. Uh, Patrick and Justine, uh, unfortunately, guys, uh, as you know, they are addicted to going to Disneyland, so that's where they are today. They will not be able to join us. Uh, it is a wet day out there. It is a, it is a, it is a, 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 a little bit of a drizzly day. They're, the clouds were so low, they were actually touching the hills behind my house that's how low the cloud cover was today i think that's just called fog right it's just well if if it's street level it's fog (laughs) yeah yeah the clouds were very low but it was very drizzly uh i I had a little i went to trader joe's this morning already uh john it's disappointing it doesn't look like trader joe's is going to be carrying the uh the bell pepper uh, onion uh, mix. Yeah, you for, told me that for, last week. For I, sure. I don't know what. I guess they, it's hard to believe they discontinued that because that's like a one of the top sellers. You know, maybe they're just it's out of it. Kind of like people use that for everything. So right. I don't know. I mean, I could be not be lazy like Jake said and and cut the bell pepper, or I could go to my mother's. <laughs> I could go to my mother's I and rarely, discover. I love I love fresh bell pepper, but believe me, if I've got a bag of that in the freezer, that's what I'm using. Right, right. Well, uh, I, I discovered I had left a bag at my mom's house. So ah, that got mixed hey. in. So I got one last, one last bag out of it. So you have to like parcel it out a little bit at a time. I made it into a giant. I have a giant thing of rice cauliflower with chicken, and it's mm. a stir fry idea. I got it from TikTok actually. So sometimes mm. when the when the when the Chinese government is infiltrating your phone, uh, you get a little benefit out of it. So this is uh, really nice. So you know, is there going to be rioting in the streets if they uh, if they put a ban on TikTok? Are the kids just going to nah. go nuts? No, nah, we'll find something else. We'll figure it out. I guess people have, there's other versions of TikTok, right? Sure. I guess like uh, what, YouTube has got their version of TikTok. Right? Yeah, they all kind of have it. YouTube yeah. Shorts. They all yeah. have YouTube and Shorts, Instagram Reels. Yeah. Instagram Reels. Everything's kind of Just Snapchat in general. Short, that short, like, you know, 10 to 30 second video format. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, though. TikTok uh, is a lot like Twitter, where if you find the right people and you can follow them, there's a lot of informative people. There's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge there. Uh, it's not just a bunch of just dumb videos, although that makes a, a, a <laughs> listen. I watch as I watch as much stuff about politics on TikTok as I do people falling in out of canoes. So it's uh, mm. you know, uh, there's a place for everything, guys. There's a place for everything, mm. and uh, and everything know, in its place. You know, that's what this year's Oscars were all about. Uh, there's a place for everything. Do you like yeah. how I just transition into Oscar talk? Uh, yeah, we're gonna. That's how I do it. The the smoothest segues. Well, first, let's introduce the cast. Uh, so we have a lot of people, uh, on the show right now. I think right now, if, if there were all of us were here, we'd have seven people, uh, which is the, probably the largest cast we've ever, uh, we've ever had. But, uh, you know, we promote, uh, this podcast is all about diversity and wokeness. So that's really why I, um, expanded the cast to such a large number. We really wanted to, to be like a modern, uh, like a Netflix sitcom. You know what I mean? Uh, so you have your boomers represented, you have your Gen X, you have your Latino, you have your Asian, you have your, your whites, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's, 
<laughs> you've got your cat lovers. You've got your uh, people. With Everybody's beard. come to the table. Everybody. Everybody the, has a seat at the superiority complex table. That's what we want you guys to know. Everybody. Every stinking body. As long as you have a valid opinion on the important stuff in life, meaning pop culture, you are here. We are here for you. And you can't have questionable musical taste. Uh, Calais barely makes it in, even though she's a Taylor <laughs> Swift fan. Although I saw a clip of uh, Taylor Swift today that was heartbreaking. <laughs> heartbreaking. Um, it was a behind-the-scenes clip. It was a behind-the-scenes clip of her arguing um, with her dad. I think it's her dad and some people backstage. Uh, yeah, in the Miss Americana documentary from Netflix. Right. I was really like, wow, I really, you know, I came away with a new respect for that woman. And I'll say it. I'll say it. Okay. Stay with your chest, Mars. Stay with your chest. Sometimes your opinions change when you when you go out and find out things, or when knowledge comes to you, you have to take it as you know. Even when you're an old man like me, even when you're an old man like me, that's right. There's a lot of cats. Old so Jake, Jake is holding a cat. Calais is playing with a cat, and this is a cat who recently committed a crime. Calais got the cat. The cat muted her. He left. She left the chat. <laughs> See, cats are smart. Cats are really smart. Mm-mm. She just like reached over with her paw and muted her. Cat was like, "No, you're you're no, you need to give me attention now." The cat said, "This conversation is you're over. Done with it." <laughs> the, cat, the cat disconnected her. Uh, John has a cat nearby. Anita, you don't have Mwah. a cat. Mwah. I have a cat upstairs. Anita, just go pull a stray off the street and let it loose in Brett's apartment. He'll he'll thank you. I am a yeah, that's cat. Awesome. So is he. So we're what was we're that? On the cats. Right. I'm allergic and he is too. So okay. So no cats in your future. You got to get one of those hideous yeah. hairless cats. So hairless. So hairless cat. Yeah. That's the Doctor Evil cat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's creepy. I don't know. I love him, but that, that's a creepy. The cat. cat is a serial criminal. He the cat disconnected you from your chat as well. Yeah, it started with the clown. Mm-hmm. We, we've moved on to intercepting the podcast recording. Now the now cat, the now the cat is committing internet crimes. Yeah. Tell everybody what your cat did earlier with the, with the porcelain clown, uh, Kalei. Um, earlier, my cat took my beautiful por- porcelain doll clown in a pink clown jumpsuit <laughs> and just kicked her off the shelf i guess and i came home to find her face off <laughs> yes there it is it really does look like face off uh but you know I, I feel like in that in that instance the cat was really doing a service to humanity by one less clown uh object in the in the in the world mm-hmm. It really breaks my heart. Oh. I used to collect porcelain dolls. I had 30 at one point. Oh, my God. This was supposed to be the beginning of my next collection. Yeah. The cat decided you're not doing that after all. <laughs> the cat nipped it in the bud. Yeah, the cat will decide what's best for you. What's the cat's name? Izzy. That's my child's name. How dare you? The <laughs> cute cat name. That's also the name of my child's best friend. Izzy. Yeah, so we call... We call our child Izzy, and her friend is Iz B. <laughs> Get it? Is a Is B? Thank you. We couldn't figure out a name. We would call her other Izzy. That was uh, we'd say other Izzy, but uh, now it's uh, Is Is B. 
There you go. It's Izzy or Isabella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, our, our child was named Isabella, and then we said if she gets a nickname, as life progresses, then then that's what we'll go with. But uh, it happened later. Yeah. Well, about uh, fourth grade, I think. Fourth or fifth grade, people started calling the kid Izzy. So that's, that's where it goes. So now it's Izzy. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what a great name for a cat. Yes. Well, I didn't name her. If that's any, like, if that gives you any peace or anything. No, it doesn't bother me. Okay. I named my cat Chewbacca. I mean, I named my dog Chewbacca. I'm sure there's somebody who's some Star Wars nerd who named their kid Chewy. Chew. My other cat's name is Ibsen, named after the Norwegian playwright. We talked about that. The doll's house. Did we? Okay. Yeah. We're, this that's far too intellectual for this show. You can't be you can't be making references like that. Okay, we just watched a movie called Operation Condor. You can't be throwing Henrik Ibsen at us. You know what I mean? That's fair. Uh, who wrote the yellow wallpaper? Is that a play? <laughs> it's a short story. I can't think of the. Hold on. The yellow wallpaper. That was a. Was that something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Oh yeah. It's all about a woman who is trapped by her uh by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Yes, yes. Is it good? Yeah, I mean it's worth it's worth <laughs> it's worth reading. Yes. Scale of one to ten, if you were to give it a score right now. Um I remember it being pretty a pretty powerful short story. I'm gonna give it an eight. Wow. Eight. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You can read it for free to, online. I'll have to find it and not read it. Oh, it's very short. It's very, very short. <laughs> it was published in January of 1892 in the New, in New England Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, it is regarded it, uh, as an important early work of American feminist literature for its illustration of the attitude towards mental and physical health of women in the 19th century. It is also lauded as an excellent work of horror fiction. Oh. Yeah. Good. Read it. Read it. Uh, the yellow wallpaper. There you go. That's your reading recommendation, you nerds. See, we can be nerdy on this show. Suck I it. I sent the link. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Nerdy stuff. Nerdy stuff. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it, Ibsen. Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, I think that's what I think that's what uh what what prompted me to it. I think I read those together sometime when I in my during my education, I read those very closely together. I read those two probably in the same class. All right. Okay, good. Let's move on. Okay, so. Let's move on to Waiting for Godot. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to, uh, let's, so, first of all, what do you guys want to break down? Who watched The Last of Us finale? Did everybody, is that just me and Jake? And Kalei, are you watching this at all? Or are you going to watch this? Have you seen the finale? Clay. No, I haven't. I know. I'm really sorry. I'm a really sorry. I'm actually two episodes behind. Damn you, Clay. Oh. I <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm okay being spoiled though. It's no, okay. no, no. I just want to know. No. I we won't spoil it for you. Did you like the finale, Anita? Some people felt it was too abrupt. It followed the game very, 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 very to a T. I mean, it was it was a, it mm-hmm. all the game exactly. So, well, you you watched the cutscene. So, did do you feel like it 
like it played out the way it, it's a different, it was different seeing it in live action, wasn't it? It, I haven't seen that. I haven't. I'm still behind on the game. Oh, okay, okay. It hasn't played the rest of it yet, so I'm still behind. Um, and I wanted to stay behind because I didn't want to ruin, didn't want to ruin the magic. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was very emotional. Right. And I thought it gave you all the emotion that it was lacking from the beginning, and it gave you everything you wanted from the beginning. And I, I. I, I felt like I felt like there was a payoff emotionally because it built towards it, and it, it, mm-hmm. you know it built. It took Joel time to build that relationship to where he felt what he felt without spoiling. It's yeah. just two episodes behind, but uh, <laughs> but you you know where it's going. I mean, you kind of know where it's going, Kalei. You can see the writing on the wall. You're just waiting for Joel to get there. But it takes, it, yeah, like all that emotional payoff, and then that final Joel's final act of. Of um, oh, that was so good. Yeah, I thought that was very, very, very. It and, was so good. Right. He was so smooth about it too. Like he was just emotionless and just like going. He was like, "Nope, this is my mission. I'm on it. Right. I'm gonna do it." And he was like, not upset, angry. He was just the way he cold and calculating so the whole time. It was yeah. It, it was the Joel you heard about, like the reputation that he had. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Jake, what did you think? Did you did you did you find this, the finale satisfying yeah i thought it was great i mean there's just this whole buildup of you seeing joel um his wall slowly being broken down you know right and then and then all of a sudden it comes to a head where you know i try not to try not to swirl it comes to a head and holy shit it's fantastic (laughs) Uh, yeah, that was, I, I really, we'll, we'll talk about it more when, when maybe next week when uh, Kalei gets caught up, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's probably better because a lot of people may have not, I mean, a lot of people have tuned in already, but. And Patrick know, will probably have watched. Too. Hopefully. Yeah. Cause he wants to sit down and binge the whole thing. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, no, I was very happy with it. Uh, I felt it, it really echoed the game and it leaves things set up for for what's to come. And I'm wondering, because I know what they do in part two, I've I've just read that um, it's going to go beyond the game, so I'm wondering if... Uh, no, stop. I know. It's not. I know. I wanted them to just do one know. and two and be done. Was, um, was there any clarification in what you read of like whether they were using the next season to inform a third game? That I have not heard. That I have not heard. There was nothing that I, there was nothing. There was nothing I read. He didn't know if they were going to make another game. He was like, ah, like he sounded super unsure that that would is even a possibility. Right. These games take a long time because it was it was almost uh, I think it was like seven eight years between the sequel between the first game mm-hmm. and the sequel. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, things are, uh, you know, not to give any spoilers away, but things change, um, because of what happens at the end of the first game, which we saw in, uh, things are very different when we catch up with, uh, with Joel and Ellie by the time, you know, and a lot of it has to do with that last, that last line. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, and that brings up a, there's a big moral question there uh, of um, does somebody have the right to decide something like that for somebody else? You know, 
So uh, yeah, we'll uh, you will you'll you'll, you'll it figure. Also, does, also does uh, do um, younger people also have the right to make that sort of decision? Right, now? right. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's morally ambiguous. That's why. It, that's why it's such a great ending. Cause there's no, they don't just wrap it up with like a neat bow. It's like, you know, you still have to. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was I very well done. I, I think she knew though. Yeah. Oh, she knows. I think she knows. Like she knows. Ah! She just doesn't want to admit it because. It's Joel. They love each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm hoping if they do go beyond the game that they do use, use part two as like a final season. And then maybe fill in the gaps between season between game one and game two with seasons of the show. Do you know what I mean? That would be cool. Yeah. Like kind of use it as bookend it, bookend it with part one and part two and then do, uh, but, but let's not do a lot of seasons. Let's not do eight seasons. Let's, let's do two or three and then wrap it up. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about the, that's what I loved about the good place. The good place was like, we have a story it's mm-hmm. four seasons long. That's how long it's this many chapters. And that's how long we're going to take to tell the story. And then boom. And then we're done. And then, you know, and they, they did it a year under, it's like four years, which I think was great. So, and I especially think with like limited series, I think you have more of an impact when you do shorter, shorter runs. That's one thing American television has learned from British TV in the last few years. You know, remember John, when we were younger, we were like, Hey, Faulty Towers, it's two seasons, and it's like eight episodes. It's episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over that. It, that, was, that means the first one was six episodes, and with that one, they came back a couple of years later and did six more episodes. Right. <laughs> you're like, wow, it's beautiful. It's great stuff, but you're only getting 12 episodes. Right, right. But I think that's, that's kind of been the model since streaming took over. I think TV's, we're, TV, American TV isn't doing – you know, 24 seasons anymore, which... Well, you can also control the quality. You know, in the old days, you'd do 22 episodes for one season, and now you can control the quality. If you're only doing 12 or 8, right? Or you know, you could really say, okay, we're going to really put everything into that 8, you know? You have the budget for 24, but you film it like a movie, and so now you have 8 episodes Mm -hmm. that are just super There's no reason to do a 25-episode series anymore, you know? right. Right. There was a reason for that. That was all about commercials and stuff, you know. Right. Right. And a lot of those TV, a lot of those shows, you can tell were never meant to be seen over and over. Like when you watch, you know, when you when you go back and you rewatch all of Columbo, you're like, this guy's been in it four times as four different uh, villains, you know. You and you wouldn't have caught that. I mean, if you're watching it over like you know 15 years, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily go, hey, it's Jack Cassidy as the bad guy again. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> But right, if you're watching it every day for weeks on end, you're going, "Oh, that guy again!" You right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Now, uh, what else ended? Were, were you guys watching anything else? I, uh, Shrinking is still going. Ted Lasso just started. I watched it last night, but I know not everybody's caught up there, so we won't talk about Mandalorian. It. Did anybody it's watch episode two of Mandalorian? I know episode three dropped today, but has anyone besides Jake and myself watched episode two of Mando? I keep doing this like it's going to do something. Two, two, yeah. two, mm-hmm. two. Jake, did you yeah. like episode two? Yeah, I thought it was great. First two episodes, I think, are very solid right now. I'm um, loving the uh, the the extensive use of the puppet. 
Yeah, hey, that puppet. They I feel like they put they drop more money into that puppet. That puppet feels like it's a little bit more expressive. He's very cute. His very little teeth. Cute. His little teethers. I'm not a huge fan of some of the supporting cast. Um who's that? The the Andrew <laughs> the droid. I'm like, eh, it's fine, I guess. That's R five D four. That's like a that's a call to the call back to the original. That's all right. He That's almost fine. got he almost got uh, uh, sold into, uh, sold to Luke Skywalker instead of uh, instead of R two. Is that the one with the red with the red top? Uh, yep. He got a bad. He has a bad motivator unit. Uncle Owen, this unit has a bad motivator. What are you trying right. to do? What are you trying to sell me here, you Jawas? Yeah. What's hey, what are you trying to pull here? Hey, you Jawas, what are you trying to pull? That's right. But yeah, I thought. Um, Going back to the surface of Mandalore, I thought was really cool, and uh, his whole that whole uh, adventure or leading up to that was uh, uh, horrifying, especially the very end, episode two. Uh, that the underground city reminded me of the episode of um, of um, uh, <laughs> Futurama, where they go yeah. to old New York. And they're yeah. under, they're yeah, under yeah. the system, and then Bender's like, "Hey, all these toilets are filled with copies of uh, Atlas Shrugged." Uh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, I will say um, uh, a little uh, thalassophobia warning there. What does that mean? <laughs> In episode two, um, thalassophobia is oh. the fear. Of large bodies of water, I will, oh. that's all I will say. That's all I will say. Or fear of, yeah, fear of the deep. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that, yeah. You you also get to see the uh, where where the Mandalorian uh, where the emblem comes from. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I think it's great. Um, I think. Um. Apart from the droid, uh, this the rest of the supporting cast, I think is really great. <laughs> what did you not like about the droid? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever. He was exactly a like, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it was just a little fan service, throwing a little something from the. I'm like, all right, whatever. This is fine. But yeah, it was great. I'm I'm excited to see where it's going. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first episode, like like I said, the first couple episodes are going to be table setters. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one had a little more action to it than the first. Um, uh, and, uh, I really liked, uh, you get, now you get Bo-Katan in there, uh, audience favorite Starbuck is back. So everybody's excited about that. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. I mean, it's a fun show. It's not, you know, like John said, you know, it's, it's wise to, to take Star Wars and do it from a lot of different angles. And that way, you know, there's a little bit of something there for everybody. Andor is obviously a more mature story that tells the story of the rebellion in depth. You know, the the political, all the maneuvering, you know, the politics behind it. And there's a lot of, you know, it, you know, so it's a little bit more of a, of a of a mature story. And this is this is one that 
It's just a fun adventure series. So what the heck? It's a fun sci-fi spaghetti western. Right. You watch spaghetti westerns because you're there to have a good time. And John, Pedro Pascal did say that he modeled it on Clint Eastwood from the... Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's he did great. model his... You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you can absolutely tell yeah. that he took inspiration. The man right. with no yeah. name. Yep, that's it. That's it. Let's talk about those Oscars now, you guys. Those Oscars. Oscar Isaac? Let's talk about Oscar Isaac, best friend of Pedro Pascal. Two good-looking guys. It's almost too much for the internet to handle, isn't it? Okay, maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> listen, Latino actors, like are, Latino actors are having a moment, and I'm here for it. I don't care if they're Chilean, Peruvian, wherever. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen The Hot Ones with uh, Pedro Pascal, it is, uh, it is fantastic. Oh, my God, so funny. Very funny. The Hot Ones? Love it, oh, yeah. yeah. That's the show. That. That's the show where everyone eats the, eats the hot wings. John. <laughs> yeah, he, they do. Uh, he does an interview where they eat progressively hotter wings in the end. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so Jenna good. Ortega just did one and she handled it like a champ. She Damn. was. She was scary. She was like a. I'm champ. scared of her. She was like a champion. <laughs> You're scared of her. Why? It, it's yeah. the dance. The dance is what's scaring you. <laughs> that's your. She that's your unfazed. That is your cold, calculating Latina right there. That's it. That's what happens <laughs> when you're in trouble. That's what it looks like when you. That's every Latina mom right there. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about them Oscars, uh, John. Obviously, you went into this. Uh, I believe you told me that Tar was your favorite movie last year. So uh, I went, you know, I went, I went in thinking I've seen like maybe three movies the whole year that in the theater, right? And but it, what's nice is my favorite movie of the year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. So the fact that it swept the uh, the awards, I thought that was kind of cool because that's the one. I, that's one of the few I'd actually seen. That was the movie. And, uh, that was the one that brought me out of COVID. So I went to see it then, yeah. and I saw Black Panther, and I think that's it last year. I saw Wakanda yeah. Forever. Oh, and Batman. They, they, I guess that was up for one Oscar was uh, the Batman. And I thought, yeah, I don't think I've seen any of the other movies at all. But I watched Jimmy Kimmel always does a great job. He's just a, a, a good choice to host it. It's just dry enough. You know, it's, he's funny, but he's understated. You know, uh, I saw an interview with him where he said he, he uh, his work as a wedding DJ is what uh, uh -huh. is what he draws from because it said oh you know, mm -hmm. because it's not about me yeah. it's not about me yeah, yeah it's about you know yeah. you're there for the event so yeah you're, you're just there that's to a kinda... great way to look at it yeah yeah mm -hmm. and uh i thought he he put in just enough references they said they cut out about half the references they probably had like 50 more uh jokes about the slap last year and he said that we pruned it way back we had just the right we just settled on the right amount and not going too you know, too heavy, you know, <laughs> he says, we're not going to make the whole show about last year's Oscars. <laughs> uh, the first joke was the best. If anybody tonight <laughs> displays any violence, we will give them the Oscar for best actor and let them speak <laughs> for 19 minutes. <laughs> uh, did anyone watch Chris Rock's uh, response? Did anyone watch the Chris Rock yeah. special? Yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. He he waited a year. He didn't rush right out and work that into something. He waited almost a year to work it into his Not act. only did he wait a year, he waited till the end of the show and then closed with it. Yeah. Which so I thought was... What, the, he knows how to do it. I yeah. thought that was a key ramped up to it. I thought that was a great... Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a I great response. He, I thought it was... It yeah. Was, boy, he really uh, he really went after uh, uh, Pinkett, though. He really, he really just... Uh, but I love the way he did it. He just kind of went... The man said what he said. 
He said, said what he said. Anita, what does that mean? Anita, what does that mean, Anita? The words that were said, I'm assuming. No, I'm a fan. Okay. I think he was 100% <laughs> in the right. Um, yeah. Let the let it stick in everyone else's brain. Hey, yeah. I, listen, I a lot of armchair psychologists like us on this podcast were saying the same thing. Like, he he was made the fool. He was made to feel like a fool, and then he felt like he had to overcompensate, so got up and slapped uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, he said that in the special. He was like, "I know that that had nothing to do with me. Right, that, that had absolutely nothing to do with me. That had everything to do with his insecurities. But that doesn't make it okay. And now these right. are your consequences. Right, like you get talked about on a special, and you don't get dominated for stuff. And people are now these are consequences of your actions. It's grade school. Right. Now I have the microphone. Like, now I have. Yeah. The, yeah. And he did not. And I think the fact that he waited a year was great. Like that was very professional. Because if someone would have hit me on national TV, uh, you that, that, shows, like, that shows immediately. That shows restraint and and some class because most people would have spun that into something the next week or the next day. You know, it's like that takes some some restraint. You know, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I love the, the, the and. Uh, yeah, I love that he waited. I love that it was the last thing he did, and he just mic dropped it, and then peace out. And then that's the yeah, way to do it. Yeah. That's the yeah. way to do it. And I also love, because what what did Will Smith yell from the, what did he yell? Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. And what does he do? I'm over here. He didn't do that. He, like, did not. He He, yeah, he just laid it all at her feet and was like, here it is. Here you go. This was this is yeah. the cause. So I thought that was great. But it did feel like I feel like they were kind of able to come out from under that this year. You know, John, right? You dress it right away. Get it out of the yeah. way. Get the jokes out of the way, and then we can move on. Like that's from last year. And then yeah. we can move on. And you know, the Oscars yeah. always takes a big thing because it's like a long show. It's like four hours long, and it's. Hollywood patting itself on the back and there's some there's some yeah, uh, yeah. there's a lot of that. But I felt like this year for me, I felt like a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once. What I love is I'm reading the comments. And I'm reading about how people are like I can't believe this is the best picture. I can't believe this won. You know, this was not a best picture blah blah blah. Now you know <laughs> now you know how I feel when I when like something like Shakespeare in Love wins over Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Or like the the tenth re the tenth reiteration of All Quiet on the Western Front. Well, that one. Be- hey, look, that's that was that was a good movie. It was well yeah. done, and it won the best foreign picture. It won mm-hmm. best, you know. You know, I've now seen I, when it first came out. I thought I don't need to see like a fourth version of this, but I've now seen some clips and some trailers, and I'm like, you know what? I'll check this out. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. It's really really yeah. well done. Um, yeah. It's very well done, and that that was Hollywood going. Hey, look. Here's a traditional movie that we're going to give an Oscar to, but sometimes you just, Germany that right. was made in Germany, that's, right? That's sort of like wow, you know, that says something there, you know. Uh, well, it says it was made in Germany. That's what that says. What, what sets it apart from the other remakes, other than like I mean, well, other than the higher Germany, quality and because, animation? Because it was always about the German army, but it was always like made in America. So right now, it's like the Germans are like, we're taking mm-hmm. the book back. We're going to do. It's about us. We're going to do a movie about it. It probably took that long for them to get their hands around it you know it's good you know it's obvious that the ghosts of that war 
are weighing on them a lot differently than the rest of the country and the last rest of the world, you know. Sure. They oh. have to take a different approach to anything that are, that's about world, you know, World War One or World War Two. Uh, I would. I suggest checking it out, Jake. Since we, since some of us haven't reviewed it, let's just watch that one. Did you see it, Mario? Uh, yeah, I watched it uh, when it came what out on think? Netflix. I thought what it was great. Think? Thought it was very well done. All right. Okay. That was very moving. Uh, it's hard to do a movie you've seen two or three times, but uh, if we can remake uh, Star is Born four times. and uh, That's right. That's you know, right. Mm-hmm. Now listen. Now listen. Uh- <laughs> yeah, see, but Jake was all up for that, right? Mm. Jake was all like crying over Chris seen, Cooper and Lady original. Gaga. I didn't know there was an original until I saw it. <laughs> did I didn't you, know there was an original until I saw it. Did okay? you cry, there's Jake? Like, there's like there's like three more. <laughs> there's three more where that came. You from. can watch one with Judy Garland. You can watch one with uh, who was in Janet the original? Gaynor. Frederick Mark. Frederick March. Uh, the original's Janet Gaynor and uh, Frederick March, yeah. and then you've got. And you've got uh, James Mason and Judy Garland, and then you've got Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. That's right. You know. yeah. Oh, wow. They should have done James Mason and Barbara Streisand. Because mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> people, people who need people, yes, I mean, are the luckiest people in the world. <laughs> of the deep end watches they dive in. I'll never leave the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Full of squid ink. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Land, you and I will fall in love. Um, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic and you are, I am on my way down and your star is rising. You, Mr. you may have noticed that there's no women aboard the Nautilus. Only yes. one seal. One very nervous, very nervous seal. <laughs> Mr. Land, you will... Uh, Mr. Thornhill, we, do we have to keep up these games? <laughs> oh, a whale of a tail, a whale of a tail, a <sighs> whale of a tail or two. So, <laughs> what were we talking right. about? We were talking about... Suddenly uh, got sidetracked. Everything leads back to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, no. <laughs> I was saying, I love that this movie won, and for let's just do something different once in a while. It doesn't always have to be the important costume piece let's let's it's okay academy if you do something it doesn't have to be everybody in a heavy british accent just uh you know uh and the thing Mario, staring was, at each it other was it was good this was not like throwing somebody a bone this was a good movie right and it was a it was a different approach to storytelling which is hard these days to come by everything's been done this was really audacious it deserved to win you also so had thinks, uh, you know that it was or like you know and, and not to put, uh, to not to make, uh, another thing was the technical aspect, the way it was done, there was a lot of uh, film techniques they used, like changing the, um, the the aspect ratio as the movie went on. You know, it starts out in mm-hmm. one aspect ratio, and then as it becomes this more and more epic, you know, it starts to, by the end, they're using like the widescreen anamorphic, you know, there's a lot of little tricks that kind of went, that if you're not paying attention could you could miss and so i think yeah, that was yeah. from a technical standpoint and from the way it was shot and then it was not shot on a huge budget and then for me you know oh this is kind of a culmination of of, of a career for michelle yo who has done started out doing hong kong action movies i just watched criterion has all her stuff and you just think wow there's a woman in 1985 making a movie called yes madam where she is just you know 
basically beating people up and you're like, this woman's going to win an Oscar in 40 years. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing <laughs> to think of that trajectory, you know? Um, and then of course, you know, seeing, you know, short round Kihoi Kwan come back from yeah. make a comeback. We was all, he was in all our childhoods as data and, you know, he was in Indiana Jones and, you, you know, and then to disappear for a few years and then just make his way back in and win best supporting was, um, you know, that's a comeback tale. That is. So it's, it's funny the the one guy you know the one the one winner that wasn't part of that movie Brendan Fraser that's a comeback tale right that's what <laughs> that's Anita was saying before the before the, here's the guy from George of the Jungle and uh, Encino Man Encino <laughs> Man and Dudley what did Jimmy Kimmel say he said we got two people in the audience we got Brendan Fraser and who's the other one uh, there was two people in the audience who had been in Encino Man oh um, Brendan Fraser and oh I think it was. Um, uh, well, yeah. short round. I forget his name. Yeah, Kihoi Kwan. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. And so Jimmy Kimmel said, "Gee, the one person who's not feeling good about this is Pauly Shore." <laughs> <laughs> Where's Pauly Shore? You know? Right. In uh, Sino Man with a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Just check that out real quick. Um, well, but to, yeah, from a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes to Best Actor, uh, I'll never forgive him for um, for the Mummy. But of course, he did make Gods and Monsters. So. I I, he was great in Gods and Monsters. He could have won an Oscar what? for that, you know. What's that, you uh, Anita? Like the Mummy. I love the Mummy. It's but terrible. It's awful. It is not. I like terrible. the first two. The it's awful. One. It is not. Terrible. I like the first. I like the first one. No, because uh, it works like an Indiana Jones movie. It's not really a horror film. It's more like an adventure movie, you know. That's exactly but why I don't maybe. like it. It's not second, a horror film. The second one goes to like the Oasis with the Aztec Temple, the Mayan Temple. It's a Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, knockoff. I, I thought it was fine. They, ne they didn't mummies, need mummies, John. I thought they didn't need mummies. to do. Uh, they didn't need to do a second and a third, and they didn't have to do a Scorpion King mummy movie and all that. No, stuff. No, Scorpion King. We don't okay. talk about Scorpion King. Scorpion King. I'm with you on yes, <laughs> but one and yeah. two, mummy, solid. I mm -hmm. could turn them on at any point in the day and watch it. So I'm glad Brendan Fraser. It's, it was kind of cool to see him. Uh, that really is. That's another comeback, you know. That people thought he was just done, you know. Uh, uh yeah. I, I, I will. What? Go ahead, Anita. I was gonna say I will say my girl Angela Bassett was snubbed, but it's fine. Do you feel like she was snubbed, or do you feel like it's the movie that she was in? Because I feel like comic book movies as a whole get snubbed. And I feel like if she had been, if the, if, she, if you had moved that part to any other movie that wasn't comic book based, I think she would have got the Oscar. Yeah, I think you're right. There's still there's still a bit of a they kind of look at you sideways if it's a comic book movie. I don't feel um, it was I don't feel it was necessarily Angela Bassett. I feel like it was Hollywood being snotty about the fact that she did this comic book movie. But she's long been deserving of one. Of course, like, I do not disagree with you. Let's just hand it over. Jamie Lee Curtis did inches of work and everything. Even though I love that movie. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's. I'm going to tell you why. Another thing that the audio that uh, the the um, the Academy loves. Anytime somebody does like a transformation, like a body transformation, like uh, when uh, who won for the monster was that Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you couldn't even tell it was her. Anytime know? they do that, the the uh, the academy is a sucker for that too. Yeah, I do agree that Angela Angela Bassett yeah. always deserves awards. Wherever I mean, she's just one of those people that brings it a thousand percent every time she 
every time she wins. I was thinking, I was thinking, how is it she hasn't gotten an Oscar yet? She's right. like Meryl Streep, you know. Right. It's like, how is it she doesn't have like a whole shelf of She should have got it for what's love got to do with it back in what, ninety-two? I thought she did. Two. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I was thinking she didn't get the Oscar for that. It's like, how did that happen? Also, yeah. her arms should have gotten a separate Oscar for that movie. <laughs> because and her legs. Yeah, because she looked, I mean, she just was like but yeah, she, I don't understand. You're, she's one of those people that, yeah, you're right. She should have had an Oscar a long time ago. I don't disagree yeah. with you, Anita. That is the questionable one. I feel like Jamie Lee. I feel like Even Jamie Lee. if it was a pity Oscar, it would have still been deserved because it's long overdue. Here's, and- here's what I think is going to happen. I think her next role, no matter what it is, the, the Academy is going to go, she should have got it for this. So that's, that's what we're going to, that happens sometimes. The Academy yeah, will do that. All the time. What is that? Leonardo DiCaprio? Right. Well, uh, right, and even Paul Newman, you know, for The Color of Money, Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman, those were like, all right, it's time. We, you know, we can't, we've, we've got to give them an Oscar before they pass away. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I do feel like, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, here's the, that's what I think, though, is because it was such a small, because I was watching it last night. I watched everything everywhere all at once again last night, and I was watching it, and because, uh, you know, when I watched uh, Kihoi Kwan do that whole so there's a reference to a movie called, um, 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 it's not Chungking, it is Chungking Express. So that whole thing where they're in the alternate universe where he's, where they're, where she's famous and they're, they're talking outside and you can see everybody, everybody goes by and it looks like time lapse. That yeah. is from, is it, is it, uh, is it Chungking Express? It's, it might be the same director. I can't think of the, the other movie. I'll look it mm. up in the, I'll Google it in the, in the, anyway. Um, that whole scene where he's like this sophisticated guy, you know, he's made, been a very successful, I was watching that compared to the scenes where he's like the husband and then having to jump between alpha, you know, the alpha guy and then, you know, jump, jumping back and forth. That's a lot to do. You know, that's a lot to do in a language that is, you know, in a second language. Right. He's, he's playing like three or four different parts right. in one movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the compared to with, uh, Michelle, yeah. Right. So you compared to that, then you look at Jamie Lee Curtis and you go, well, yeah, she's not doing any of the heavy lifting, right? Everybody else in this movie is doing all of the heavy lifting. And you could almost argue that the daughter could have been nominated as well, because that's all. Because sure, sure. there's a whole crux on there. The thing so, about Jamie Lee Curtis is, I didn't know that was her until the, the they rolled the credits at the end. So I thought, well, that's something. I didn't even know it was her. That's, that's where I think. <laughs> that's where I think. What I say, the Academy is a sucker. If you can change yeah, your yeah. appearance, uh, if you can change your appearance, uh, then they'll. That's a sucker. That's they'll they'll do it every time. Didn't Nicole Kidman get one that uh, when she did the hours and had to wear the false nose? Didn't she get an Oscar for that? I don't remember. I don't that's remember. The one where she gets an Oscar for the nose, you know. But uh, I agree with you, uh, uh, Anita. Long overdue. Long overdue. But I think I honestly think she'll I, be back. She'll be back. You that's know? another thing I think. I think they figured yeah. they figured, look, we're never going to give Jamie Lee Curtis is never going to be anywhere near a movie like this quality again. Right. She's going to keep doing Halloween <laughs> knockoffs and and uh, I'm it, sure that was part of it. Yeah. 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 It's like this right, is a one. Exactly. You didn't like the Halloween movie. No, it's but it's never going to be nominated for an Oscar. If they're not. They're, they're not. Fair. They're not Oscar worthy. <laughs> so when you look at her filmography, yeah, this might have been her last shot because yeah, her stuff is usually. Yeah, I would have loved. Honestly, I would have loved to see Angela Bassett win, especially for a, for for a Marvel movie, especially. But give her Oscar yeah. from. They owe one from ninety two. That's my. That's what I say. What's love got to do with it? Go back and watch that. We didn't watch that, but watch mm. it. That what a great performance. It's so weird. She and Lawrence Fishburne. And Lawrence Fishburne. Not- get it that year i don't know what won that year she should have won that year who was up for oscars who was up for uh 
it probably was like Shakespeare in Love or something. <laughs> you know, it was probably one of those. Right. In what year? Really? Uh, she. It would have been. It was a ninety-two. Was ninety-three. Who did Angela? Ba- uh, uh, was Angela Bassett nominated for? Uh, What's love got to do with it? Siri, who won in ninety-three? Ninety-three Oscars, best what, best actress. Yeah. The best actor, best picture, best actress was Emma Thompson for Howard's. End. There it is. There's- See, it's always some BS British. Oh yes. Oh hello. Yes. Uh, oh, I can't. Oh, my feelings. Oh, I'm, uh, mm, uh, yes. Uh, Lord Lord Waddington. Oh yes, Lord Waddington. Has, Lord Waddington has. Mm, yes, his. Mm-hmm. That was a John uh, Holmes. That was a John Holmes movie. Yes. Lord Waddington. <laughs> Other Lord Waddington. Actresses were Catherine uh, De- Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve. And um, Indo- Indochine? Indochine, yes. Indochine. Uh, um, Mary McDonald in Passion Fish. Michelle Pfeiffer in Love Field. And Susan Sarandon in. She didn't the even Rangers get nominated? Ale. Those are all nominees. Winner was Emma Thompson Howard. She wasn't even nominated. Do, non- do 93. That was 92? Uh, that is no, that's ninety three. Do ninety? Oh, but it's the ninety three show. But for the ninety two Oscars, that would have been. That would. How do they it. work that? When they say it's the ninety third Oscars, is that for the ninety two movies? No, no, no. It, it, it didn't start in zero. So ninety four Oscars. I mean, yeah, yeah, try ninety four Oscars. God, it started okay. in the word in the in the year zero. Okay, let me find it. In the year 2525. Um, actor, actor, actress in a leading role. Winner was Holly Hunter in The Piano. Uh, nominees were Angela Bassett in What's Love Got to Do With It. Stockard Channing in Six Degrees of Separation. Emma Thompson, again, in The Remains of the Day. Ugh. And then Deborah Winger in Shadowlands. Oh, Shadowlands was actually pretty good. Uh, and, then, and then Lord Waddington. Lord Waddington. Uh, I can't remember in Holly. Does Holly Hunter play a mute in the piano? Is she mute? I believe so. Still, she has to like sleep with him to, to learn how to play the piano. She's got to sleep with him or something. Why? Why did these movies get nominated? Why? That was John Holmes and Holly Hunter in Lord Waddington's piano. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a pretty sweet superpower, though. What was your face? What was your face, Clay? What was that face? Delay's going. If if John makes one more John Holmes joke, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the broadcast. <laughs> isn't he? Uh, didn't he get busted for? Uh, isn't he in prison for killing somebody? No, well, he died. But yeah, that was the whole Wonderland murders. He was like the only guy left alive in in the house. Right, everybody got shot, and he comes walking out the front door. Like, Not a good person. I, I don't know what happened. There's- uh, I don't know what happened. I un- I unzip my pants. I look up. Everyone's dead. Whoa. I sorry. I would hate for someone to try and piece together the conversations we have on this podcast based off my Google searches. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you did not. Did you not? You did not Google John Holmes. Did you look up John Holmes? Oh, my God. Now, now your computer thinks that. (laughs) Wow, John. How do you feel now? How do you feel? I looked up the Wonderland murder. (laughs) I feel like a million bucks. Well, there's a movie called Wonderland. I think it's Val Kilmer or somebody playing John Holmes, yeah. I feel like a million bucks is what he says. Oh, and like Boog- what Boogie Nights is basically kind of a riff on that. That, uh, that was, the, you know, that was kind of a 
they're using other names, but basically that's kind of like the same story. Anita, we're gonna listen. Let's start a campaign to get Angela her 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 Oscar. Let's okay. do it. Also, also, not to make, not to objectify anyone, but she looks amazing. She looks amazing, Angela Bassett. When I saw her in, in Black Panther 2, I'm like, does this woman ever age? She just gets like that silver fox look. She's gorgeous. She is. She doesn't, she doesn't look like she's aged at all. No, she looks the same. Looks she great. looks the same. Give her, does she, has she won an Emmy? What TV show was she on? Wasn't she on a show? Oh, 911. What? Probably 911. I think that's the only show she's on. She's on 911? Mm-hmm. With Jennifer Love Hewitt? What 911 are you thinking of? She was, she's been in American Horror Story. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Was she nominated for that? Oh. You're asking so much. <laughs> Angela Bassett. <laughs> is fucking lightning on the best supporting actress for Black uh, Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, also nominated for best actress in What's Love Got to Do with It in 1994. Okay, this is according to Variety. These are the snubs. The number one was uh, Angela Bassett, best supporting actor. Uh, She's won 26 awards. Golden Globe, Black Reel Awards, a bunch of Image Awards. Uh, they felt like Elvis got snubbed. Mm. That's funny. Little uh, conversation. Little conversation. I liked, I liked Elvis. I thought, um, what's the actor who played Elvis? Austin Butler. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he did a fantastic job. It did. It did focus a lot on his uh, agent. Well, I kind of think it was mostly about. I got the feeling it was mostly about the relationship with his agent. It Mm -hmm. wasn't too much about anything else. No, that was the that was the gimmick. It was kind of about their relationship. Oh, listen to this. Uh, She does not. I'm reading an article of an interview they just did. she does not feel like she was robbed of an Oscar in ninety in ninety two for. Uh, ah, interesting. She said that's too How much about, of a negative emotion to carry around with her. How about now? <laughs> How about <Right>. this one? <laughs> I don't know. The Academy's weird, man. It's never just it's it's like a popularity contest. Sometimes it really it also is. Has to do with like where somebody's at. It's almost like where are they at right now? Should they have an? You know what I mean? There's so many. It's like there's so many things going on besides you know, the movie itself and the performance, they throw in all this other emotional baggage, you know? Right. Are they ready for an Oscar? I don't think they're ready or, to or get like, an Oscar Or yet. is this person on the way up? Are they on the way down? Is this our last time to, uh, to tip, our, tip our hat, you know? Jake, I, would, I hate to do this too, but Patrick's not here. Look up uh, famous people who've never won an Oscar. I know, like, <laughs> Cary Grant's up there. to never win Oscar. Top of the list is Cary uh, Grant and Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, my boy He's Harrison Ford has never won. That's right. Um, By the Tom way, Tom Cruise, Johnny yeah. Depp, Laura Linney, Edward Norton, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Sigourney Weaver have all been nominated three times but never received a golden statuette. Hmm. Hmm. And then if you go down into the classic era, 
you've probably got people like Edward G. Robinson, Cary Grant. That's okay, though. It's only a popularity Ethan contest. Ethan Hawke, mm. Stanley Tucci's never got one. The Tooch? Stan- Samuel Stanley Jackson Tucci. also never got one. Whoa. Wow. Surprisingly. Whoa. If he didn't get one for Pulp Fiction, he's never getting one. No. Liam Neeson, Ian McKellen. Uh, Ian McKellen has never won an Oscar. Mm-mm. But he doesn't huh. make that many movies. Nope. He, he doesn't make them twice for Gods and Monsters in 1998. And then that's what I thought. I thought he would have gotten it for Gods and Monsters. Yeah. He's he, not going to get it for Gandalf, you know? Right. No. Or Richard the third. I thought he might've gotten it for doing. Richard yeah. That's the like third. they gave return of the King best picture, but it was like, Hey, here's a good job on making three movies. Yeah. It really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, let's see. That's I the way know. it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. I hate, it's it's not it's not fair, but it is. But but I do like that that movie won because it makes people go. It's going to make people go out and watch it, and they're going to hate it. But it's like, yeah, sometimes you got to watch stuff you don't like. Steve McQueen never won an Oscar. Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. yeah, he was too cool. For, he played it Richard cool. Burton, oh. Errol Flynn. No, look at all these people. Terrible. Tony Curtis, no Oscar for you, sir. Oh, if Montgomery he Cliff, nope. I'll nominate if, four if Tony Curtis didn't win for Sweet Smell of Success, he's not winning it. There's there's certain oh, roles where you're like, if, if you don't get it, that's it. How about Burt Lancaster? Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Not even nominated. How about Burt Lancaster? Did he ever? Did he get one for like Rain Man or something? Or I should say Rainmaker. I think he got one for Birdman of Alcatraz, didn't he? There you go. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Thank you. How do I know? He that? probably came out. Robert <laughs> Walker. Okay, you're just nothing. naming. You're naming nothing, names. No, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> sorry, Robert. Nothing for you. Anita, no, did you not... like everything, everywhere, all at once? I did. Yeah, did you like it? I did. I liked it a lot. So you had no problem with that winning Best Picture? Mm-mm. It was just Miss Angela. Yep. I don't just. Dis- I had no problem with Michelle Yeoh winning. I thought it was well deserved. Right. Uh, winning Best Picture was great that just that supporting actress i don't disagree with you but it seems like every year there's one big snub and this year unfortunately it was angela bassett because you know what that that movie too (laughs) what people aren't taking into consideration you have the absence of chadwick boseman and everybody has to kind of act around that and so now she has to be this this mother who's lost her son so there's some real emotion going on, and you could feel it there. You could feel it when you watch it. She had a very powerful and centering performance in that movie. So I don't disagree with you, but I feel like it's 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 I feel like it's Hollywood going meh, comic book movies. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, I which I hate. I hate yeah. that it's I like that. I'd rather that be the reason. So. I mean, that's just. I think that is. Movie. I honestly think that is the reason. That's a comic book burnout right now because of just all the Marvel movies that are getting pushed out. Because you know me, Anita. If I thought it was for another reason, you know I'd just call it. You know me. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid to take take on the controversy. You know. Controversy. You know, but uh, comic book movies generally don't don't get Oscars, with the exception of like Heath Ledger, and it's possible he got that because it was posthumous. You know. Right. I don't know. He I, he deserved it, but I don't know if he would have been if he would have gotten it if he had been alive. You know. Right. I think they, that might have been a lot of it was because he had died. You know. Kalei, how did you feel about this year's uh, Oscars? What did you think? Or do you care? Um. You're a theater kid. My. I don't. 
I didn't watch it. I saw some dresses on social media. I don't have much uh, Oscar talk to add. Did you see everything everywhere all at once? I didn't. I didn't even see the best picture. I would, I would be interested in your take on it. I would be very interested in your take on it. I've gotten it recommended to watch it many times, but I've also had people say to me, it's one of those movies where you need to like be in the right headspace. Right. You need to fully engage with it. Um, And I guess I just haven't had a moment of time where I'm like, yeah, this is the perfect right. time to watch it. I would, I'm definitely interested in your opinion on it though. When, it, when you do get a chance around to, when you do get a chance to watch it, please let us know. Cause I'm interested in your, uh, I did not go in expecting, expecting the emotional wallop it gave me as a parent, yeah. as a parent. <laughs> uh, I came out of the theater. I was like, I wanted to sob. I really did. I really just was like, damn, like this is really. And then for me, it was also just the culmination of being like, like discovering, like I didn't discover, I hate when people say that, but uh, I first became aware of Michelle Yeoh via Jackie Chan's Supercop way back in like the early 90s. And then I found out she had this whole body of work before. And then to see her come and do things like um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I think uh, I felt like she did a really, she was kind of like the emotional heart of that movie. And mm-hmm. um, so, so to see her finally get her due after so many years, uh, and I love what she said. She said, "Don't ever let women. Don't ever let somebody tell you you're past your prime." Cause yeah, because she's yeah. you know she's sixty and she's still doing stunts and still doing you know. But in that movie, she was able to kind of marry her. I love that they kind of wrote this where it's like we're writing this for you, but there's also going to be because this is what you're good at. But we're also going to give you this. It's a great part. It's like a once in a lifetime part. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give you. She's a, a real. She's a real superhero. We're Jesus. going to let you be emotional, and we're going to let you feel have feelings, and we're going to let you, you know act so everything she can do you know because it's also some heavy emotional lifting it's not just about action you know because she's great as the mom in crazy rich asians too you know yeah if you're ever have uh, like 20 minutes there's this um, podcast called cine therapy on Mm -hmm. youtube i think they do like regular podcast episode but i watch them on youtube and they did a breakdown. They're coming back to it because there's so many emotional parts in that movie. But they did um, a breakdown of Michelle Yeoh's character and the and her, the daughter relationship. It's so good. It'll, yeah, it'll make you cry all over. Right. Again. Oh yeah. Some <laughs> I've yeah I've watched a few of their stuff. Super interesting. I'm gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, they're I'll, really interesting. I love I'll, to take they have to check it out. The movies. Uh, thank you for that recommendation of another podcast, Anita, on this podcast. So uh, while you're at it, please listen to Home Video Hustle and everything I learned from movies and uh, <laughs> History of Bad Ideas and uh, uh, So Wizard. Please listen to all those I support podcasts. all the podcasts. You should. You should. I, well, there's room for pl- There's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. Uh, yeah, watch it. Jo- uh, Jake, you saw. Did you see everything everywhere all at once? Oh, watch no, it. No, listen, yeah, no. I'm going to suggest, listen, I don't, I hate doing this. This is awkward because this never works out. And I've Just never don't. had, I've never had this podcast, uh, you know, spawn a successful relationship. So what I need is uh, maybe Kalei and Jake get together and watch that together. What do you guys, you guys think that's um, something you guys might be interested in doing? Yeah, Jake. Perhaps. Perhaps. The silence is deafening. Jake went on mute as soon as you brought that up. Huh? So what you do? No, I was already. I was top of. Leave me you'll, be, uh, you'll be weeping <laughs> on each other's shoulders by the end. Mm-hmm. 
sleep, and then you'll go out. You'll go out and buy some googly eyes at Michael's. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you will. Wait, wait, actually, that's, googly that, eyes in the movie. That's in the movie. Actively purchase googly eyes. And you know what? It's a key. It's a key uh, thing. In it actually movie. is. It actually is. It becomes this. You key. know, we're not joking. Go googly eyes are a plot point in this movie. Now I have to yeah, watch a key it. plot point. Yeah, and we're not kidding either. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll tell you what, you two get a great big bowl of hot buttered popcorn, sit down, turn out the lights, and also watch the movie. Yeah. Bum. Hey. And glue eyes on the popcorn bucket. Yes. Are there, there any particular go. parts of the screen that we should like preemptively add the googly eyes to just kind of? <laughs> no, the, no, the movie will do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The and movie will. Okay. You'll say, okay, they weren't fooling, you know. You know, my daughter, I, she has not seen everything everywhere, well, all, everything everywhere all at once, but she has uh, one of her sketch notebooks. It's like the one that she keeps all her important sketches. She's got the front covered with googly eyes. <laughs> oh all these different sizes. It's really cool. And she drew That's like awful. a thing around it. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the monster from, uh, from the bell. The, what is it from, from uh, Monty Python, the, the creature from. Oh, yeah, I love that. The animated creature that right. the animator uh, has a heart attack and it dissolves. Yeah. Well, listen, Anita's on a tight schedule, so we're, we're gonna go. We're gonna blow right. This would usually be break time. This would usually be break time, but Anita is uh, on a schedule, so we want to make sure while we have her here that we're gonna keep going. So we're not gonna take any breaks. If, if anybody needs to take a break, feel free while we're talking. Just to you know, just raise your hand. Let me know you're going, and then we'll talk about you while you're gone. And then please. Uh, be kind enough to yell, I'm on the way back when you're on your way back so we know to stop talking about you. <laughs> I see. Uh, that is the way it is in a Latino household. The minute you get up, you are the person they are talking about. So just remember that. The minute you leave the house, the rest of us stay back and right. we talk right That's it. You. That's it. That's it. That's a, it is. It's true. It's it's true in a lot of cultures. It's <laughs> out of true. love. Out of love. It's out of love. Yeah. It's out of love. Oh, out yeah. Of it's constructive criticism. Yeah. Look how fat well, you're he not is. I'm not giving to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about you, but not to you. Look how fat he is. Uh, can you believe what he was wearing? Um, yeah. That can you believe he brought that girl over here? Right. What does she have on? Right. <laughs> like yeah. all the questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I just noticed, Kalei, you are wearing what can only be described as an ascot. Is it not? Ascot not? Uh, I- it's a scarf. It's just like some scarf. Is it a, a little old lady scarf? It was cute. You had it tied like an ascot. I liked it. it, it, it a little old lady you. scarf. You gonna do that again? Oh, it the, was, the, I got it at a state sale. You also have a very seventies jacket on right now. You have a very. Uh, I feel like you're like that's a that's a very seventies leather jacket. That's really cool. Thank you. I got it from Savers in Marietta. Wow, there we go. That's far away. That is far away. There is a Savers right it's by my mom's. There is a, a Savers right by my mom's. The so next time you come out here, there's a Savers you can check. Uh, so this jacket is—is is it a red? Is that a red leather? Is that a red leather jacket? It's actually like a like a dark pink. Oh my gosh! Like oh, like a fuchsia almost. Fuchsia. Yes, mm-hmm. and there's like silver sparkles in it. That's something that would be at like a '70s cop show. You would be like a you'd look right now. You'd pull like a thirty-eight snub nosed out of your uh, jacket and go after somebody, right? While Waka Jawaka was playing in the background. There's a shootout at the Mata Hoople concert, and out she comes. <laughs> it's a shootout at the Mata Hoople. Is that what you say? And you're gonna have those half boots, those seventies half okay. boots on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I really like this plot line. Yeah. Me. Yeah. There it Police is. woman. Police woman with Calais. Yeah. yeah. Da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun. I meant just this like background music following me. Yeah, just in its ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, jacket. Ba -da, like yeah. That. That's what it is. That's, that's it. yeah, that's how it all is. Seventies man. Mm -hmm. Good times. Every TV show looked like that when I was a kid. Uh tonight on Streets of San Francisco. By the way, uh, this is gonna be a joke for one person. The drummer who uh did the theme for um Streets of San Francisco, uh paid by the note. Paid by the note. There you go. That's a joke for one person. <laughs> And that person is John. Yeah. Tonight's episode, Mask of Fear. Yes, it. That guy never stops drumming. Hey, you know what we got to say before we go on to the movie? We got to give a shout out to the late Rolly Crump. Oh, I was going to ask you this about John because. Yeah. Because. Tiki Room and the Small World, that was all Rolly Crump's Andy work. John, you realize that I hate Disney, right? You hate it. With a passion, no, you don't hate it. I do. I hate it. I'm anti Disney. You don't. You don't, you don't hate the old Disneyland. Sure, from the I 60s. do. Sure, I do. I hate it. So, Rolly Crumb. So, helped design the haunted mansion, the Tiki Room, and uh, Small World. He's also had a big hand in the way Tomorrowland looked back when it was cool, back in like '67. Right. All that that stuff was Rolly Crumb, including that uh, stage that comes up out of the ground with the stuff on. Top. Oh, did he do that? Yeah. The Tomorrowland Terror and, Stage. And then he went over to, uh, in the, that was the 60s. In the 70s, went over to Knott's Berry Farm and designed the uh, Knott's Berry Tales. That was a great ride. <laughs> right. That yeah, was that a was great him. ride. Yeah. Smelled like really poisonberries. Cool Smelled like poisonberries. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was going to come back. Is it? Uh, it came back, but not the exact design. The characters came back. I asked my brother last night. He's kind of a fanatic on theme parks. And he said they brought the characters back. It was like. Well, it was that Kingdom of the Dinosaurs or whatever it was. And then they said, let's make it Knott's Berry Tales again. But his was very immersive. You got the smell, and I think they were blowing like soap bubbles. And there's a lot going on. It was all three-dimensional. I think they brought it back, but it's not as immersive. It's kind of like two-dimensional. Oh, they brought the characters back. You know? the, the, that had a really cool dark portion of the ride where you would go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was because it was two levels and you would drop down and then you would go back up and it was when it was taking you back up the hill you know on the chain you know the clack 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 they had the fishing wire because you were in an area that was like a haunted forest and I remember they had fishing wire hanging from the yeah. dark ceiling so as you went through the, the the fishing wire would brush against you and you'd just be like ah what is that it was a great little effect it was a fun little they somebody somewhere has to have a video of that ride Oh, yeah, I would, well, or, yeah, what it would probably be is, like, somebody's home movie footage, like right. Super 8 or something, right. you know. But um, he would, they said he was always thinking, you know, the original guy that was thinking outside the box, let's try something different. It doesn't right. have to be just cookie cutter, you know. And Was um, he, he the started one? started as an, as an animator. You know, they hired him as an animator, but Disney plucked him out. There's some animators that he said, we want you working at the park. Forget doing movies. We want you at the park. What, you know? John, was he one of the ones that worked on the museum uh, that was supposed to be what became the haunted house? There was going to be like a weird that's museum. Correct. As a matter of fact, when Disney died, that's when the people that were left, they're the ones that turned it into the haunted mansion. The original designs, I think it was going to be more of a walkthrough. And that was Rolly Crump. So some of that stuff, I think, was retained. But they said the minute Walt died, they kind of went with this different concept, which, yeah, his concept was the uh, was the museum. And they kind of said, no, we're going to go with this thing where you're riding through a haunted mansion. But the Tiki Room is probably the one 
I would say that probably the concept, his concept is the closest to what you ended up getting. As far as the look, he liked that sort of 60s peaky look, and he kind of like went to the source. Right. Kind of not, not the kitschy stuff, but going back to the original, you know, whoever that guy was, it was Reed, uh, the guy that wrote like Contiki or whatever it was. Oh, right, right, right. Right. The original sort of stuff. The people who were actually trying to do designs out of the South Seas, you know. Uh, so he didn't come up with the racist uh, parrot that speaks with a heavy Mexican accent. You know, I, if I had to guess, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like a Walt concept. <laughs> but who hey, knows? Hey, how who you knows? doing? Ole, ole, it's show time. Yeah. Because that mm. sounds like, you know, that's like vaudeville. Right. And they said his taste was more like beatnik. They said he was kind of like the original hippie. His stuff, he liked the stuff. He was also designing some posters for like like those San Francisco black light posters for rock bands. He did a, a couple of those. Oh, okay. So his, his sensibility was kind of mod before it was there was a, such a thing as mod, you know. What, he was kind uh, of like with the beatniks. He liked the sort of like, you know left field sort of out there look i do like the idea of a i do like the idea of a beatnik a beatnik tiki room where they're just well i mean reading poetry that's working for disneyland and he's more of a he's more of like a counterculture guy right you don't get too many of those these guys were mostly you know they're artists but they probably weren't you know considering themselves like beatniks or counterculture figures yeah They're, yeah, they're reading like, uh, yeah, they're reading like. And I guess Walt, that's why Walt dug this guy. He wasn't a yes man. They said a lot of other people were following Walt around going, hey, great idea, Walt. And this guy would just call it as he saw it. He'd say, nah, how about this? Like that giant face. He's the one that did the giant face on the clock at the small world, which is really bizarre. That whole, that whole outside of the building is very psychedelic. And that was all him. And he said, I want the outside to look like the inside. The in- he loved Mary Blair's stuff. And he said, my job is to not think of my ego. The outside's got to match the inside. So oh, that's why I, yeah, it does look very Mary fair, Blair. At, at the fair, it was just a building. You went inside, and that's where you saw all the Mary Blair dolls. When they took it to Disneyland, they said, we got to come up with something where the outside kind of prepares you for the inside. So he designed all that craziness on the outside, with the numbers and the clock, the smiling clock going back and forth, and the uh, you know all that stuff. That's all Rolly Crump, you know. And now it's going to be a walkthrough because we're too fat. Yay! Well, somebody said, like some some of these guys under Walt said, it's too weird. They looked at that smiley clock face and said, too weird. So Rolly just went straight to Walt. He said, what do you think? And Walt said, I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Everybody else is all, nah, asshole. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, I love it. And now it goes off every 15 minutes and there's a little parade and the little things go back inside. Uh, is it every 15 yeah, minutes? As a, kid, as a kid, that disturbed me. I thought that was, that stuff is so weird looking as a kid. That whole outside kind of disturbed me. Oh, really? I yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's the face. Kind of looks like a dragon no, I face like or it. something. I like it. I like it. The thing that used to bug me as a kid is, uh, when I was a kid, uh, was the, uh, the, uh, 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 I can't remember. All right. So, <laughs> no, Raleigh, yeah, what was he, 92? 92? Something like that, yeah. He was around. Yeah. He, he was like the last of those guys. Right, there might be like one left. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. There's a couple guys left. I think the guy that did like the original map is still kicking around. I can't think of his name, like Bob Gurr or something. Is he still around, the guy that did all the vehicles? I don't know. There's some guy that designed all the vehicles, whether it was like the Doom, the Doom buggy or like the stuff on Main Street. They said if it moves, this guy designed it. And I think that guy might still be around. Wow. The original yeah. map that they give you when you walk in? Oh, no, that's John Hench, isn't it? But Bob Gerd did all the, um, he was a friend of Rolly Crumpson. He did all the vehicles. 
I know somebody can can call in and call your brother. Wrong. Call your brother. Yeah, he could tell me. But those were like the last guys that were still around, and they were originals. They kind of. That's why Walt liked them. So go on the tiki room and think of Raleigh Crump and just ignore the uh, (laughs) racist uh, Mexican. uh, Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Wally Bogue. I was Uh, thinking Wally Bogue. Yeah, somebody handed him the script and go, "Uh, can you do a German? Can you do a Frenchman? I actually met met a couple that were, uh, they were performing at the Golden Horseshoe. Uh, He was a drummer and she was a dancer. They met and they got married. And they were there uh, for the last performance. They were still performing. They 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 started there in the eighties and worked all the way through till they closed it. Yeah. So they knew Wally Bogue. Yeah, huh? they knew Wally Bogue. Yeah, crazy, right? Oh man, crazy, right? Best uh, gig of all time. He was hey, working there for like you know, thirty years. Or something. Hey, guess what? Uh, here's the irony. I said we're not taking a break, and now I have to go to the boys' room. So, Calais, I'm letting you take over while I uh, while I use the you know. The facilities. I want you to uh, take over the so show. When you come back, when you come back, Calais, you'll hear Calais saying another interesting thing about John Holmes is that he kind of. No, <laughs> she will not be. I'm... My brain is actually still on Mary. Anita, Blair. your brain is still on what? Uh, oh, Mary talk Blair. about Mary Blair. Mary Blair. Go She's for it. Yeah, that's where my brain is right now because I was looking at her art and it looks very reminiscent of what we see Rapunzel painting in her tower. There you go. And Disney is known for Easter egging, um, but they're also known for just taking arts and likeness and having you sign over any ideas you have with the Disney universe right over to them. So yeah, I sure. have a working theory that the art in Rapunzel's Tower is inspired by Mary Blair, but there's nothing on the internet about it because there was no need to really credit her as her likeness is so deeply associated with Walt Disney. Well, the other theory is that, you know, before she was designing stuff for Disneyland, she was a uh, concept artist on uh, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Cinderella. And so um, Mm -hmm. what they have now are a lot of books. Anybody can get these books and see what her concept paintings looked like she she was somebody they're trying to figure out what's this painting you know what's this movie gonna look like overall and she would give mm-hmm. these ideas and concepts and so a lot of that stuff is turned up in book form even like as little golden books so a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll see stuff and go wow that looks like a little golden book but she was doing little golden books you know so that makes so a lot of I, sense because i was even thinking i was looking at some of her cinderella concept art and it looks very familiar in that I feel like I've seen the pictures in a golden book I had of yeah. Walt Disney. Yeah. That's, wow. that, it's kind of funny because that goes to show how pervasive her influence is. So it's almost in the DNA. If you're somebody working in Disney animation, it's almost in the DNA that something is going to look like Mary Blair because they all probably took a class in Mary Blair at uh, Cal Arts. You know? <laughs> I'm sure there's a, an entire chapter that's just on how to think like Mary Blair, you know. Right, her style is so foundational to the Disney-associated imagery that she is just... And it's so loose and impressionistic. That's the thing. You look at this stuff, and it's a feeling. You look at, like, her concept paintings for, like, Peter Pan or Alice in Wonderland, and it's just the colors. They're going, okay, that's the palette we need to use. She's doing this great thing with the sunsets and the, the trees. And so even beyond the characters, it's like, yeah, she's kind of figured out what the color palette needs to be. For the, so really she's just, like, like amazing... Yes, I really like she uses like color for shadow a lot and she uses like fun colors instead of just like grays and blues. Yeah, like she amazing. She has green and purples. It's pretty. If you're interested, she's, there's also a great big book. I think it's called the 
It's called like the style and flair of Mary Blair, and it's pretty much collecting all her her uh, concept paintings for for Disney. That's out there. Ooh. Okay, here are my list of uh, art and flair. I'm back. I'm back. The art and flair of Mary Blair. Of Disney's Mary Blair, yeah. And so mostly, I think it's production. It's the concept paintings. It might even get into stuff she did for Small World. Hey, how about when Disney uh, when they when they painted over all the Mary Blair Blair murals that were right there? Oh, tomorrow. Jesus. They what? Every every time we go to tomorrow and we go, Christ. Somewhere under all that stucco is a, an original Mary Blair mural. <laughs> there was a Mary B- Blair mural of It's a Small World, actually, is what it was. It was a boat with all the kids on it, and it was yeah, above was above Circle Vision. Or? It was above where Buzz Lightyear is now. When you, the gift shop yeah. where where you walk out of Buzz Lightyear, if you look above, there's a huge kind of portico there, and they just yeah. have it stuccoed over. But there used to be a Mary Blair tile mural there. So and it's then, probably underneath it, right? Yeah, right. you'd have to be careful. Or they, or they, off. or they took it off. Chris says some of that is like in storage or in the dumpster, but he says some of that was removed and some of it was left up and they just sort of like cemented over it, you know? Yep. It makes you, it just makes you, it just goes to show you whoever's running the joint has no sort of love for the old Disneyland. Calais's face right now is just how I feel about Disney in general, usually. (laughs) I just, there's this, I understand the park was always meant to change. But the park was not meant to change in light of modern aesthetics because modern aesthetics don't have a place in this fantastical, magical realm. And if we're going to normalize an area with stucco, why give in to that when the original dream was about it being this individual, unique place on Earth that's whimsical? I think if Walt was alive, he would have said, can't we just take it off the building and store it? Why do we have to blast it or put, you know, rebar through it or stuff? I'm sure he would have said, come on, there's a way we can save this without just like ripping it down, you know. However, some changes are good. Uh, 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 Justine sent the uh, the pictures, the, 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 the concept art for uh, uh, the, the new... Uh, uh, the Bayou yeah. ride with Tatiana. Tatiana's right? Bayou Tiana. Adventure, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Give me your tears, Disney fans. I love when we change a ride and people are crying about it. I can't go to my original Splash Mountain anymore. Why does it have to change? I love it. I Tiana love has it. waited too long for her own ride. Why does Disney I'm have to? Excited. Why does Disney have to I be have so woke? Oh. I'm going to get to go into the shareholders meeting and go, where are the phantom boats? Where, where, where's, where's Mike Fink's keel boats? Where's the motorboat cruise? That's right. Do they still have the, uh, the keel boats, the Mike Fink? No, they took them all out. We, after our last right. conversation, we, I realized they took them all out. Uh, the Mike. Where's Fink the fort? Where's the fort on the, in the, in the, in the island in the middle of the bay. Tom Sawyer's Island. Tom Sawyer's yeah. Island. Yeah. That fort was great. The guns used to click. And where's the Frito kid? Where's where's Casa de Fritos with the Frito kid throwing you? Where's the burning cabin on the backside of the island with the little eagles in the nests? (laughs) Where's the settler with the arrow in his back? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You know. Where's Johnny Depp? Where's the where's the auction where you can you can uh, take a wench for a bride? Yeah, where's the where's the Where's the fat okay. guy? Where's the fat girl chasing the skinny guy? Come on! There you go. Okay. Did they take that out because she was fat? Did they no, they put out? food in his hand. Oh, that's right. She's chasing the food. She's chasing the, the food, yeah. not the guy. And the pirates are not. They're 
chasing the food, not the women. Okay. Wah, wah, I wah. Yep. I thought they oh, were Disney. <laughs> oh, Disney. <laughs> you scamps. I am uh, I am ready. Listen. don't kill people. Oh, they don't? No, uh, that's they from don't. Anaconda. They don't steal, they don't murder. Mm-hmm. Here's a nice, here's a nice salad for a little baby bird. <laughs> hey, when are they going to do an Anaconda ride? Oh, <laughs> the Jungle Cruise? Just have a, they do. They have a boa constrictor hanging out of the tree. That's right. They do. In the Jungle they? Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, I just wanted the guy to shoot all the dangerous animals with a pistol. <laughs> Why stop at the hippos? Uh, mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, remember when we were and kids, now, they would shoot at the hippos, and yeah. then now it's we, we shoot up in the air to scare the hippos. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's 2023. <laughs> you don't want to kill a hippo. I would have fanned the... I wanted. I always wanted to be a jungle boat captain and fan the gun. Just like, oh, fan the hammer. <laughs> Wyatt Earp style. Nobody? Nobody go. else? I'm the only one? Yeah. Uh, no, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you one. see the, the people that get to be the skippers on that ride going, really? I have to shoot in the air? I can't shoot at the crocodile? One night, late at night, uh, I can't, it was a bunch of friends and I. I think we were like, you know, probably college age. We got on that. Like the last ride of the night. It was like the last <laughs> boat. And the guy's like, hey. The, the captain's like, hey, you guys want to do something cool? And we're like, yeah. He's like, you can't tell anybody. And we're like, so he ran the boat with the lights off, like yeah. like pretty close to full speed, like the boat was rocking back and forth. And he was just doing like war noises, like we were in Vietnam or something. Oh, <laughs> like on the microphone. <laughs> he's <just> going. <laughs> it was so much fun. We get wow, back to the boat. We get back to the dock. He's like, you can't tell anyone. It was the greatest thing ever. Wow. Uh, he also neat. said some stuff that now would be politically incorrect that I'm not going to say, but uh, he did make references to like Apocalypse Now and things like that. So I was going to say, if you had an animatronic Marlon Brando. Yeah, it was that, really crazy. It was, it was great. It was probably the, the best time I ever had at Disneyland. Mm. Uh, you've probably been doing it like 10 years. He was over. He's probably, who knows? Last night, that's cool. Pro- that was probably like he put his two weeks in, and he's like, "I'm a, I'm a fuck around for the last day." I know a guy that got fired for. I think I've told this story online. Now he got fired. He 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 was a a a pilot of the Finding Nemo submarine, and he rammed another submarine. Right. Yeah. And they, yeah, yeah, he damaged both them. submarines. That's a great story. If you're gonna get fired, that's the way to go. How do you crash that? Slowest I mean, ride in the going, park. It's going like two miles an yeah, hour, right? It's the slowest one. In her, in his words, he was coming in hot. In his in his words. <laughs> he said I was recreating run silent, run deep. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing Hunt for Red October. One ping only, right. please. Uh yeah, good stuff. Okay. That's good. We had a lot of Disney talk today. Uh perfect segue. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, because we, we, we we watched a Disney movie today. This week's movie, Operation Condor, a sequel to a movie called uh, Armor of the Gods. This originally was called Armor of the Gods Part 2, colon, Operation Condor. And in the movie, I, what do they call Jackie Chan in this movie? They call him Asian Hawk? Is that what they call him? They called him Jackie. I didn't, I didn't, didn't they, they call, call him Jackie? His, his name is Hawk, and I think in the at one point they refer to him as Asian Hawk, which is Asian make, Hawk, which, which makes does not make sense. I think you're right. I think I think you're wrong. So he was so Jack, Jackie Hawk is Jackie. 
Uh, they, Agent Jackie Hawk. Uh, if you look it up, look up. Uh, the, he, Agent was, Hawk. Yeah. Is it? It's, it says Agent Indiana Jones. No, Asian. Not Agent Hawk. Asian Hawk. Which Asian. Was, which was me like Asian. saying, like me saying, let's go eat Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Asian Hawk. A.K.A. Jackie. Let's eat A.K.A. Food. Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. All right. Where does this fall in his filmography, Mario? Has this? Where does this fall in the Jackie Chan? This is this is 1991, so this is like right, right in between. Like you know, it's it's it's. Uh, mm-hmm. There's actually a third movie in the trilogy. There's a third movie in the trilogy called uh, 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 Chinese Zodiac. Is the third movie in the? If you want to complete the trilogy, watch the first one. Though. The first one's fun. First one's in the 80s. Uh, it, it, uh, these are more stunt heavy than kung fu heavy, but uh, all right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Asian Hawk. Let's talk about Jackie Chan. This is the fourth Jackie Chan movie. We've, let's see. We've done Rumble in the Bronx. We've done First Strike. Mm-hmm. We did uh, Super Cop. Super. Oh, we did Mr. Nice Guy. It's a five. This is number five in our Jackie Chan. Uh, I'm only, ready when you are. We only have about 20 more to go. Jake. Take it away. Just kidding, Clay. Jake, take it away. <laughs> Operation Hong, released February 7th, 1991 in Hong Kong. Directed by Jackie Chan. Budget of 15 million U.S. dollars. Clay, what do you think you made? Clay, what do you think you made? Uh, 400 million. Whoa, no. No, no. What it, what it cost to make it? Fifteen. Fifteen million. Wait, can I one five. Can I yeah, of course you can. One billion dollars. <laughs> Fifteen. What, go ahead, Kalei. What was your what was your you you, you uh, what was your correction there? Forty five. Forty five million. Okay, forty five. Uh, Mario. Uh, you know these Jackie Chan the the re releases never made a ton of money. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say probably twenty million. Okay, Anita. I'm gonna say thirty. Thirty and John. I'll say nineteen. Closest without going over would be Mario uh, with this movie reaching a box office of twenty four point one million dollars. Yeah, which um, think about it though, they were really releasing these years later. I think this released in America in ninety seven or ninety eight. So it's already a six or seven year old movie that's already been distributed in Asia. So that's just money that they just get. This is like, hey, here's some free money it's for it. It's gravy. Yeah. Double the budget. Yeah. Like halfway through production. Hang on, I'm looking it up. So this would have been made, you say, Mario could have been like 10 years earlier, maybe? This is 91. It was made in 90. So probably 90, 91, I was working on it. It was released in 91 in Hong Kong. Uh, also, it received a nomination for Best Action Choreography in uh, 1992 Hong Kong Film Awards. There you go. This one does, you, it does have a budget, you can tell, because of the, uh, just that whole sequence at the end. The yeah. whole thing with what the wind tunnel and yeah. all that stuff, like, you could tell with it was a The wind a bu- tunnel, what do they call that, the centrifugal wind tunnel? <laughs> yeah, all that had a, with some nice Buster Keaton. I, I mean, it's like they really built it. I thought that's not CGI. They really built that stuff. Right, right, right. With, with the flaps and the wind tunnel. And right. All that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Money well spent. Money well spent. Worth it for. There's always one big sequence in this yep. one. 
Built uh, the entire set just to blow it up. And you got mm. to see, and much to Calais' delight, you not only got one female prop, you got three female props. And it was international because one of the girls, uh, one of the girls I believe is uh, Japanese and the other girl is Spanish. Mm-hmm. So you got like, it's an, it's an, it's an international, it's a whole thing. He doesn't discriminate. Yeah, you know what it was? It was like, it was almost like, it was almost like, uh, it was almost like when he asked uh, Michelle Yeoh to do Super Cop, which I think came out in 92 in Hong Kong. She was like, I'm going to do this if only to prove that, uh, the, you know, she's going to double down. It's like, I'll do all the stunts you can do. I will show you. Too bad we, you missed that one. Cause I watched that one. Okay. It's on my list. Cause she matches. Cause she matches him stunt for stunt. And she is not, she is not a prop in that one. Uh, the, the Spanish actress, uh, Eva Cobo was also in armor of the gods. She was apparently. I don't remember that. Oh, maybe it was. I didn't know it was supposed to be the same character. It's probably the same character. At least it says on here that what's she has, crazy she about a, the what's crazy about the original yeah. Armor of the Gods is he has a his the sidekick is a singer who was like hugely popular in Hong Kong, and they find a way to film like one of his concerts and um, put it on um, you know like like work it into the movie. And I mean, it's a huge. He's like in this huge arena with like a floor that like lights up. It looks almost like a giant. Remember the game Simon, John? It looks, yeah. the floor looks like that. It's just huge. So you're just like, oh my God, where is this guy performing? It's like a huge oh, amphitheater man. somewhere and they work it into the, uh, they work it into the movie. But of course he's like an inept sidekick and then Jackie Chan has to do all the fighting. So it's not just limited to uh, women in case uh, you want to, uh, you know, why am I defending Jackie Chan? He's a millionaire. What, what do I- <laughs> He's like, we're going to do three women and two towels. <laughs> Successful movie, uh, acting, directing, and didn't he have a music career for a short time? Who, Jackie Chan? Yeah. Jackie Chan, if you ever watch the Canton, if you watch yeah. the Cantonese version of uh, Mulan, he sings, did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? Yeah, he sings that song. Uh, uh, oh. And I think one of his things is that he releases songs at the end of some of his earlier movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this movie has a release somewhere, like it has an international release, or release with a song of his in um, Cantonese at the end. Mm-hmm. There's nothing the man can't do. Triple threat, quadruple threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Who had not seen Operation Car? Am I the only one that had seen this movie? I think you are. Yeah. I'll tell you what they do when they clean these, when they, when they, when they re-release these, they clean them all up. So there was some money spent because they redo the sound. I think they have Jackie dub his own voice. Uh, and, um, and so there, there was money spent on these when they re-released them. Um, but I think it was, I think it was a lot of profit. They probably spent a couple million to get it cleaned up. And then, you know, they clean up the print, they, they remix the sound. So it's good for like American theaters and the sound is all, Loud and stereo-y and that kind of stuff. And then they're just like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, so, John, you are a you are a large and in-charge Jackie Chan fan. Uh, what did you think of this one? Uh, this one uh, felt like a, like a almost like a straight-out comedy. <laughs> you know, there's so much funny business in this one that feels more like a comedy than some of those, those ones we've watched recently. And the other thing, that, uh, immediately I thought, wow, this is really a... Uh, Definitely an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
from the first scene, you're going, oh, this is, this is all about Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's up there getting the, uh, the jewels out of the, uh, out of the idol. And then there's the whole thing at the end with fighting the, you know, the Nazi, trying to find the Nazi buried treasure. Right. And, and the, the, the last Nazi rolling around in the wheelchair going after him. I thought this is very much like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I thought it was a lot of fun. Some great stunts, all that stuff in the wind tunnel at the end. Uh, I thought that was really fascinating. Some great stuff. Also with the motorcycle, some really incredible motorcycle stunts in this one. So um, this one, I just it just goes to show you what a great, uh, not just for stunts, he's just a great comedic actor. You know, like you're always pointing out, he does these great faces. Before he does some, some gonzo stunt, he'll just crack this great, you know, face, you know, right. Here, you know, here comes the bomb and I'm going to make this great, you know, sort of like Chaplin face and then do a backflip. You know? Right. <laughs> I always loved it in this movie. Uh, during the chasing that fleet of just black mini sedans that just, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> nondescript. Oh God. <laughs> and they're because just, don't they do a thing where it looks like it's one and then they all fan out. Right. Like eight behind them or something. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're yeah, just, this one was a lot of fun. They're just flying all over the place. Uh, this one really felt almost like a comedy, kind of like Rumble in the Bronx. A lot of that felt like a comedy, too. What I love about uh, these movies is he will go to different locales. There's a lot of very European flavor. He goes to Europe a lot, films in, like, Spain. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's always nice to see places I've never seen or, you know, you can yeah, tell it's a yeah. foreign country. I kind of like that. I kind of like that about the... Well, movie. you know what that's like? That's like the Bond film. Right. I feel it, like you've, it, you've taken a trip. It's a travel, you know, it's almost like a travel log, you know. Um, every Bond film, they try to take you to some exotic country. I think Jackie Chan does the same thing. Right. Takes you somewhere that they haven't. And you can tell they're trying not to repeat themselves. How about we go, now we go somewhere, a little different locale. This one, I guess there's some, a lot of it was in the desert, you know. Right. Where was that anyway? Where did they film that? They were, All I, that desert stuff. I don't know. Let's, uh, my man Jake is going to look that up right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think uh, I think Calais might be on it already. Calais very yes, good at the uh, she. This isn't Sahara Desert. Well, that's not where they filmed. It was uh, shot primarily in Spain and Morocco. Um, but Morocco. The scenes where he's paragliding were um, shot over Tall Lake in um, the Philippines. Yeah, that that beginning is crazy. Where I mean, what is oh that? He's got, a, he's got a. What is that? It's like a glider with a propeller. He's like. Uh, <laughs> What is that, like a parachute? Right. Like paragliding or something? Mm-hmm. I guess uh-huh. that's what they call it, paragliding. Yeah, but he's got like an engine yeah. on it, and he's rolling around. Then he's got the giant ball you ride around yeah. in at the fair. Right, right. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. That's like something Peter Gabriel used to do that. He used to get in one of those big plastic balls, and then he'd do it over top of the audience. Really? The audience would be like, he would be, it would be passing over their heads. He, they would pass it over their heads and, and then back to the stage. I think he did that for the Us Festival. He got in this big plastic ball and went out over the audience. All, all the, while singing Salisbury Hill? Singing <laughs> well, Sledgehammer? Shock the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Sledgehammer. Uh, all right, Anita, I don't know how familiar you are with the Jackie Chan filmography. I don't know uh, if you like Jackie Chan. Also, did you get Brent's score? I always like to know what Brent did. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, how, how are you on Jackie Chan? Do you like Jackie Chan? Do you not like Jackie Chan? I am. I like Jackie Chan. I only really know him from the really corny, I guess, American movies. I've never seen anything. 
Yeah, Rush Hour, Tuxedo, Shanghai, things noon. like that. The cartoon. I used to love the cartoon when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, it was okay. It was definitely a comedy, and I'm not a huge comedy person. So, yeah, I know. I don't. I don't really like to laugh. I know that sounds stupid, but whatever. Uh, Who are you? I, um, <laughs> I know. I sound like a robot. Like, I don't like to laugh. I don't like to um, feel things. I don't like comedy. I don't like joy and laughter. What, what is a comedy that you do like? What is something that does make you laugh? Um, What's your favorite comedy? I don't know. Oh, probably my favorite comedy would be like House Bunny. That's my go. favorite. House Bunny with um, oh my god, what's her name? Um, with um, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Uh, oh, this movie, I see. I almost mm. said, "What's your name?" Uh, like that's just comedy because I love Rush Hour and things like that, but it has a little bit of action and comedy and drama, so it's a mix. But like just like purely for comedy, that's probably my favorite. Is yeah, Anna Ferris still with us? Yeah, she is no, right. You're thinking of um, Brittany Murphy. You're thinking of the yeah, Brittany Murphy passed. The name of the movie. Brittany Murphy passed. Yeah, <clears throat> that's another one with a bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the little frat house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, Brittany Murphy is in. Uh, oh, what's the what's the movie Brittany Murphy did? It's a it's a pseudo documentary about cheerleaders. Um, Kirstie Alley's in it. Oh God, it's funny. It's like Amy Adams' first movie. Mm-hmm. I can't think about. I can't think of it. Uh, oh, um, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, stick it. No, it's not stick it. <laughs> it's not it's something stick- like bring it. Bring it on. Or, it's not bring it on. Oh God, it's gonna bug me. I'll look for it right now. So Very tell fast. me what you thought about Operation God. You thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um... I loved that, like, after every, like, major fight scene, there was a little, like, comedy quip at the end of it. I thought that was cute. Um, like, a kind of wink. Like, hey, this is, this is funny. Hey, we're Let's okay. See, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, they all would have been dead if they suffered any of the injuries that they actually occurred in this movie. It was like, you all would have died within the first. That's all Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie like and smashed no his rib against like one of like the one of like those oh, metal, railing metal railings. Yeah, when he fell down the when he fell down the little sand dune. Oh, uh, did you uh, did you stay the, to watch the? Um... Oh. Did you stay to you watch, watch the, 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 the clip reel at the, the end? clips at the end? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the one where he, he was sliding down the like chain. What was that, Kalei? Um, I thought he also got a hole in his skull in this movie. That was Jeez. in that was in the original <laughs> Armor of the Gods. Oh. Yeah, he oh, missed a, he was jumping from a tree to a wall and he fell. The branch broke and he oh. landed on his head. And you oh. can see in the outtakes of that movie, there's blood coming out of his ear. Jesus. And so he has like a soft spot in his Ooh. in his head now. Um, <laughs> no steel uh. plates. <laughs> yeah, no steel plates. Um, keep going. I, I need. I'm looking this other movie up, but I'm listening to you. I don't want you to think that I'm not paying attention. Um, to you. I thought the acting was good. Everyone did a good job um, right. in their role. The dubbing uh, is always hard. All really funny, and they kept the dubbing is hard, but I. 
I mean, I'm definitely accounting for the dubbing. I feel like obviously if you watched it in its original language, it would have been a little better. But um, I thought the girls, the all the ladies kept up. They had all had their own personalities, which was fun. Yeah. Um, I thought the bald going down the hill at the beginning was ridiculous. <laughs> this is not a getaway. Like this is the worst getaway I've ever seen in my life. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous is the name of that other movie. I never oh. seen that. It's funny. Um, well, I you know then it's always like it's the cultural thing where it's like they all worship the ball and you're like ooh maybe we shouldn't do but you know maybe we shouldn't do that joke you know because they're all because they're supposed to be like hey look they're they're backwards ha 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 you know and the ball pops up and they drop their spears and worship it it's like but they did that joke in Star Trek the the Into Darkness they did mm-hmm. that joke it's like something yeah. that they just keep it's like oh hey ha, mm. but uh, it's an old chestnut yeah <laughs> but um. You didn't like the escape in the ball. I would have told you. You could just totally run over everybody. Yeah. Although, why did why they just didn't spear the ball? I don't know. Like just yeah, punch this a hole. Is what I was wondering. And then it was just standing when he, they were close to the ball, they just had the spear straight up. And then when they were chasing it, they had it pointing at the ball. But no one ever thought to you know push the spear forward and pop it. Mm-hmm. It was you want to kill Jackie as he fell off the cliff. Right. It deflates <laughs> as he jumps off. Yeah, and he bounces off the side of the steepest cliff ever. I'm sure that was there was a dummy in there at that point, you know. Oh no! According to Brent, he was like, "He's really in there." He's not in there. He's got it. He was. He was proud. There's like a good like eighty percent chance that he was in there. I think there's a real good chance. The way Jackie Chan operates. Yeah, you never know. Could have been. He might have been. Whenever I see something, I go, "That can't be him." I think, "Nah, it's usually him." You know, jumping. He does. He does. You know, they did. That was really uh, made. That was they made a big deal about it, that in Rumble in the Bronx because he really does do his own stunts. Yeah. But there are times when he gets doubled. Like you can see on the motorcycle sometimes if it's something that requires like a shot where he needs to be a certain height or whatever. He's not a very tall guy, and you can see they probably he probably was too short to use the motorcycle to its. But he'll do as much as he can. He will do yeah. as much as he can. Um, yeah. But he has been doubled, and especially now that he's older, he gets doubled more. You see it more in the movies now. When oh he, God, yeah, you now. see it. You see it now. <laughs> but it, it, when he was younger, I mean, like, but we've seen in things like Police Story, I'm going to slide down this glass pole with my hand. I'm going to slide down this pole with a bunch of bulbs attached to it with my bare hands, and I'm going to land in a in a glass house at the bottom, and I'm going to film it from three different angles so you can see that it's me. So if you have to get doubled on a motorcycle once in a while, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge yeah. that, you know. You're not gonna I'm not gonna, gonna bust his chops. Yeah, I'm not gonna be mad he's, about it. He's fine. He's yeah, fine. <laughs> no, he was amazing. Right. I mean, you you can tell he's doing ninety nine point nine percent of that work, and it was it was really good. What um, the he also one just looked so young. I've never seen him in anything where he was. Like oh, really? Before, so that was awesome. yeah. You should see him in like the eighties movies. He looks even younger. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one stunt that always freaks me out is when they're on the they're on those whatever those things are for the generator they're on the oh uh, yeah the platforms and one comes down and he moves his head and you can see oh, that it God. just brushes by his face and you're just like how you did not think you were going to get your head crushed in there i don't know <laughs> um the timing of that but those guys like go over that and over that and over that and like they practice 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 I was just watching a clip with Michelle Yeoh and she talked about doing her time on the James Bond movie, which we are going to watch soon. 
and she they told her bring her st- bring your stunt team over from Hong Kong because you're used to working with them. So you got it will make the fight scene look really good because she has a fight scene in the movie. And so she told the the team, okay, they sent them a mock up of what the set was going to look like. Mm. So they come over. And she's like, hey, we're the, the first day they're shooting, she's like, hey, where's your team? So she goes off and they're all in like a trailer hanging out. And she's like, what are you guys doing? You're supposed to be ready to go. And they're like, we are ready to go. We just want the director to come by because we gave we have five options of what we can do, five different mm-hmm. routines that we've already run through. And Jeez. we just want to know which five he wants us to do. But that's wow. how quick they work because they <laughs> rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Before they even start filming, they already know what they're going to do. So... You know, in these movies, though, they have they already have that stuff down, so it looks probably more dangerous than it is. But things can still go wrong, like when he's on that chain. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, things uh, things can go very, 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 very wrong very quickly. So, uh, so it wasn't a it was a little too much comedy, but you enjoyed him as the action star. Yeah, right. my favorite comedic part was probably the two the two guys. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the, guy, the two that's yeah, the two guys they kept bumping into. The running yes. guy, yeah. the whole that was, movie. That yeah. was probably my favorite. Like it, it wasn't the, the it wasn't the, they all got together. It wasn't the pervy uh manager who wanted to keep giving out condoms. It wasn't that guy. Oh. <laughs> that was an odd character, wasn't it? Right. It was so weird. Odd choice. Mm-hmm. I just that was like, okay. You can leave the room now. You know, <laughs> Calais took a little break. I think she had to. She muted. She may be muted right now. So I'm going to skip over to Jake and we'll give. Well, oh, she's back. Calais, would you like to go next? Sure. Calais, let's talk. How familiar are you with Jackie Chan's body of work? Not super familiar. Like I've seen some of his movies in passing, but like I couldn't name any of them. My stepdad loves Jackie Chan, though. God bless your stepdad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, yeah, no, God bless my stepdad. I hope he's a good guy. I hope he's, yeah, I hope you guys get along. Um, I feel like we would get along because uh, we were were both Jackie Chan fans, so I look forward to meeting him. No, yeah, my stepdad's awesome, he's the best. I love you in case he listens. (laughs) Um, he tuned out a long time ago. I have to, I hate to tell you, but that's okay. Go ahead. He told me he listens and he just skips when I'm talking. That's <laughs> great. He's going to be doing a lot of skipping. Poor, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> um, I thought this movie was like, it was fine. Some parts I like laughed. A l- I chuckled a little. I didn't hate it comparatively. Oh, that's good. This is a hard one. This is a hard one to introduce somebody to because it's not the movie. It's not the movie I would say, hey, if you if you really want to check out Jackie Chan, try this movie. Um, right. Uh, Cause I don't think it, I don't think it's his best showcase for his, for his talents. But um, I think once you're familiar with him, this is one that you can go with and be like, Oh, Hey, he kind of, you know, this is, this is more of what I like about Jackie Chan, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not the best. I wouldn't start you there. I'd maybe start you people. Like if said, where should I start? I would say maybe rumble in the Bronx Maybe Project A, which we watched uh, a long time ago, where they fight the pirates, or maybe yeah, that's uh, a fun one. you know Rush Hour is always a good spot because that's just more of a straight comedy, and you get them in in small doses in that. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is not the best, probably not the best place to start with Jackie Chan, but you do get to see 
some of why he's like an international superstar. You know, you get to see a lot of that, you know. Oh, she froze. She's frozen forever. We, we, we've killed her. Frozen. We've killed frozen. the spider. You killed her. <laughs> you killed Dorothy. <laughs> you, you killed her. She's frozen. Look at her. It's so sad. Let it go. Let it, Let go. it go. Sing it, Jake. I was going to start singing that, but I thought I would get shunned. It's okay when I do it. I love it. Oh, shunned. Okay. I see. <laughs> I could never shun you, Anita. You're too lovely. <laughs> Sometimes. How's that? Bye, Kalei. Jake, what did you think, my man? Uh, yeah, it was all right. Um, couple parts were pretty funny. Yeah, I thought I liked the recurring gag with the two guys who kept trying to steal the key. And, um, the whole fight scene in the underground Nazi bunker. That whole that whole portion of the movie I thought was really cool and a lot of fun. Right. Um, the the three actresses. Um, just just were done so dirty this film though (laughs) they were done so dirty right just fucking naked on screen getting having to run around like they're was there actual nudity they're useless or was it just um like from the back yeah but not full because there's never any nudity in jackie chan movies that's like a thing No, well, they showed they showed the butt and like the bare back, everything. It's implied. It's not full front. Yeah. Although there is a Jackie Chan movie, ladies, uh, where he gets his due because he has to fight naked, and Mm -hmm. um, that's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the whole joke is he's holding a bowl in front of himself, and he has to keep (laughs) switching hands and then moving, and then you know he's got a towel. I forgot which one that is. I think it's Who Am I? Yeah, a bunch of mints in that one too. What's that? (laughs) The mint thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that his thing. Odd choice. For that's that his thing. He does that so with the gum. Yeah, he's got. It's in his that. watch too. He's got the gum in his watch. Yeah. What was that? What was that all about? I thought, is this like a part of a secret agent? We don't thing? get any. We don't get any reason. He's just like, nope. That's just what he does. That's just a I little. He learned how to do it on set or something. He like taught himself, and he was like, "We got to put this in the movie." But, here's yeah. here's the thing, Anita. He he does try to learn one new skill every movie, and uh, put it in the movie. That was probably it. We're talking that about the be- welcome back, Kalei. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the gum in the watch when he does the. And he does that, pops the, the gum, gum in his mouth. In the watch, uh, yeah. I think that is. I think that is a callback to the original movie. I think he does stuff where he's constantly chewing gum, and he's like mm. finding different ways to, oh, okay. to pop it in to pop the gum. So, but uh, yeah, go the ahead. Women were done so dirty. The women are done so dirty in this film, but, but you know, they were they were props. They were definitely props. But uh, there is equal there is equal time. I was just saying, Calais, that if you're upset about, if ladies, if you feel like you know, hey equal time there is another jackie chan movie that i can't think of where he he has to fight naked and he has to completely fight he's you know so he's holding he's running from cover to cover but i think you do see his i think you do see his uh his cheekies i think you you get a little john is now kissing a cat you see his butt cheeks yeah i i appreciate that qualifier (laughs) (laughs) i would like to follow with this he's done one movie and how many movies of his are there women as props 
as close to naked or being um, objectified. Um, I'll tell you what, the, you know, he is very usually. Uh, this, the, what's surprising is this is probably the most lascivious of any of Jackie Chan movies. They're usually very family friendly. There's very little. I was going to say it's very. There's very it's little in the way work. of. There's very little in the way of nudity, or if it you know if it is, it's always played for a gag. It's never like somebody being. It's never like a perv joke or anything like that. It's always pretty lascivious. This is probably the most I've ever seen. It was just a weird choice because when you watch the first one, there's really none of that. And in, mm-hmm. in the movies that we've seen, it's almost like the the it's like when you watch the uh, like uh, Project A, which takes place during like you know the Victorian era, the women are very chaste. It's very like again props, but very chaste. You know, very you know dressed in era appropriate outfits and things like that. So um, yeah, this is probably the one that where there's the most of those jokes because I don't think there was any in Rumble in the Bronx. I don't think there was any in. Was there one Mr. Nice Guy? Was there, there may have been like a, somebody in a towel. I think it's always one of those. That's the robe. She goes through the whole scene with the robe where she like opens the door and like. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's running down the street. And then that's what ends up being her escape point with the guy. That's right. That's right. It's almost like a, it, it almost harkens back to like an early, like, like Jackie Chan was a huge fan of like charlie chaplin and um buster keaton and it's almost like a, a it's almost like that era where it's like hey if we get somebody in a robe it'll be funny you know it's almost like that it's almost but yeah this is the one where there's the most synopsis. what's that and they i was reading the synopsis on the movie and they were said the women were basically like the three stooges of the movie and uh, i felt that especially when they had the little helmets Mm-hmm. And the part when they were beating up the one guy, like, <laughs> right. like, oh, that felt just like that. Very yeah. three stoogy. Very three stoogy. I'm okay with be with you being comic relief, but be the fact that they're incapable is where it gets. You're like, come on, you, nobody is this, nobody is this dumb. Why are you doing? It wasn't this? even like, incapable. They were like, they were portrayed to be like complete airheads major hindrance, and it was he. They were like holding Jackie back from doing like I don't know. You know what that's like? Yeah. It's like Kate Capshaw in uh, Temple of Doom. Right, she's exactly. Just, she's just there to be annoying, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, and that's why that movie's tough because it's so uh, annoying. She just screams and, you know, gets in the way through the whole movie. You got to rescue yourself, man. Jackie, help us. And just like, that's like, yeah. It felt like half their lines are like, Jackie, help us. Oh, no, Jackie. Yeah, it's just like a James Bond movie uh, where like, <laughs> You know, of the, like the '60s James Bond movies, the women are just there to be rescued, and and then we get, and then when we do get a good one, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, we won't tell Calais what happens. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you got to watch that one too. Sorry, Calais. I know. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I like this movie. Yeah, I, I like this movie as far as the stunts. Uh, the comedy is a little, you know, what? again, it's a different sensibility. The comedy is very heavy-handed, very uh, very broad. So not for everybody, you know. So uh, yeah, this is somewhere. I was just happy as a Jackie Chan fan in this time because they were re-releasing stuff that was like not available on video or hard to find. And it's like great. This is now I can. This will be available and I can watch this. And I don't have to watch the whole movie. I can use my DVD, DVD watch him do the motorcycle stunt, or watch him do this fight, or whatever. So yeah, these are not uh, you know it's, it's a different sensibility too. You gotta you gotta keep that in mind. You got What are you eating, Jake? Looks delicious. Don't call me out when I'm eating. 
Why? Well, Whoa. it was the noises that <laughs> called you out, Jake. No noises. Yeah. I just ate Whoa. almonds. You could hear me eating almonds. You could hear it. It's nope. been a long show. We, we Sometimes you have to snack up. You know? Keep it. Yeah, keep the snacks. I cannot believe it. I'm sweating in here. I have the I have the window closed. I'm sweating in here. And I'm looking at Calais, and she is just so comfortable in her jacket. And my house is really cold, though. I have no insulation, and my bedroom is completely windows. So, like, for me, this is nice. It feels like a nice little warm. It's still, like, cold, and the air is, like, I move my hands through. Oh, nice. Uh, Anita's yeah. in Ohio. She's got the... Uh, She's got the the Nike swoosh on the sweater. She's got the sweatshirt. I got my sweater. I got my Uggs on. Is it? House. Is that a hoodie? My toes are cold. Is that a hoodie or no? No, I'm a crew neck girl. Uh, I figured out. I can never figure out who the pullover hoodies are for. Because I'm like, that's useless. Why do I want to pull a hood? It's just like, I want to, if I get hot, I want to unzip. Right? You know who the pullover hoodie is for? People who sleep with a hoodie on. When it's cold and you sleep with a hoodie. Because uh, I've been like, I wish I could sleep with a hoodie, but all my hoodies have zippers, and that's not going to be conducive to good sleep. You know, you get. But that's kind of nice because then it's you know it's a little you're like trying to warm up, but then you got that line going down the middle. That's a little cold. That's cold. <laughs> right. Yeah. This wonder- is a little off topic, but I need you all to know about it. Okay. <laughs> sleeping bags, right? Right. There are wearable sleeping bag suits. It's like a giant snowsuit. You zip yourself in. It has a little hoodie that you can pull down that covers light from coming into your eyes, and you can tuck your hands in. I'm gonna need you to provide a link. Baby one. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You put newborns in. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, like the like the Sids the Sid suits. For the, so the kids won't roll over in their sleep? No, you've ever seen those sleeping suits for babies where you just put their whole body, like the leg piece is just one whole leg piece, and then you put it in and it has little pockets for their hands, and then they sleep in it, and it keeps them warm all night. You know, they get cold. Little babies? It's like that, but you can move your legs. Like you, yeah. it, you could get out of your tent and say, you know what, I'm not getting out of bed to drink my coffee. I need this yeah, in my so life. I'm still in bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my wife likes the bedroom super cold, so this is an option for me. I'm gonna need to know about this. I need I need links. I need uh I need I options. I used to like things cold, but here I am with a space heater about two inches from my from my legs right now. Oh, how's that working out? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh space heaters, I'm always afraid I'm gonna burn the house down. That's always my yeah, big fear. Me too. That's why I never get one. There's but a safety feature. Very cold. Yeah, if it gets too yeah. hot or it tips over it on it, it does the automatic shut off. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've been having some very cold weather lately. I just put on a sweater. Mm. Yeah, Sometimes I make the sweater's Brent not keep enough. The space Mario. heater on his side. What's that? I make Brent keep the space heater on his side because I don't. I like to sleep. I'm like Nicole. I like to sleep cold. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean his side? <laughs> Jeez. You mean his oh, side of up, his Mario. bedroom where you're oh, sleeping in a separate bedroom? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is this? Operation what is what is this? Operation Condor all of a sudden? I'm sorry, just kidding. He sleeps on the couch. Yes. Everybody's everybody's yeah. an adult now. All right, let's rank Operation Condor. Uh John. Uh 
Uh, you know, it's not one of my favorites. I give it like a six, but I mean, as usual, the stunts are like a ten. So that's it's just not one of my favorites. But right. it was fun. It was good. It was a good time. All right, Anita. I'm gonna copy John. <laughs> I give it a six, and I give the stunts a ten. Okay, six, six, and ten. Okay, uh, Jake. Um. Yeah, I give the stunts stunts are a ten, and movies uh movies is uh five and a half. Movies are five and a half, but mm-hmm. the stunts elevated to a ten. Stunts All right, are a 10. okay. Not, uh, not what I said. Kalei? Stunts are a ten. This this movie's a four for me. Four. Yeah, just right. It's it's a Jackie Chan movie. Listen, I want this. Listen, don't say it like that. Don't please don't. Please don't <laughs> hurt. like how dare you? Please don't hurt how me like that. How dare you? Please don't hurt me like that. You said that like it's a musical. Well, uh, it's a musical. So I am trying to pin down. Oh, by the way, uh, I give this movie. Uh, this is like a six for me. The movie, and oh, then yeah. uh, the stunts are ten. This is like a six. Uh, yeah. What did Brent? What did Brent give? Yeah, I was going to ask for Brent. Oh, he gave it an eight, but he didn't finish the last twenty minutes. Ah, so, he had never seen it. Which he I think give he it a like, ten. So he'd probably give it like a nine. He had never seen it. He would probably like the last. He had never seen it. Oh, wow. God bless him! The, Tell him gee, the, the last twenty are pretty heavy. Get us that score yeah. next week. Get us that score. Hmm. He was like, I give it an eight for what I've seen so far, but I feel like he would end up giving it a nine because I feel like he would like the the tunnel hmm. scene. Okay, I'm gonna. Let me tell you guys what happened here. So I'm trying to get us, my friend uh, who was in Starship Troopers, I've reached out. Um, I need to reach out to him again um, and get down a time. It looks like he's going to be able to join us. But I'm not sure he's going to be able to join us next week. I'm trying to give him as much time as possible because he's very busy. He's a new dad, and uh, he's got a lot going Mm -hmm. on with work. So um, let's do... Instead of, I was going to do Starship Troopers next week, but let me pin him down so we can get him on as a guest. And since Justine's not here to protest, we're going to watch uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which is a James Bond movie. Uh, And the reason I'm doing it is because it's got the great Michelle Yeoh in it. The great Michelle Yeoh. Oscar Oscar winner for Best Actress, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, It's still a James Bond movie, but, uh, you know, it's less, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's a little dumb. The plot's dumb. I'm warning you guys right now. The plot is so dumb. But uh, Michelle Yeoh is a bright spot in it. So, so you're telling uh, me I should rent it instead of buy it. Yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy any of these movies. About uh, all of them. No. <laughs> Literally about all of them. God. Well, the the good part the good part of that is you now own the Invisible Man. That's right. Mm-hmm. The, the good part. Movie club has become your digital movie collection. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like well, it is. It's you know that's the way it works. Uh, but. So yeah, so I we're gonna. That was the agreement, right? We we all we buy all the movies, we, so then we all. I, gotta are, I don't think I don't think that was ever part of the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. well, you can't stop you now. Gotta, I enjoy your dedication. Uh, did you buy Zardoz? He <laughs> did. Oh my god. Oh my god! You yeah. own that. But I bought Zardoz. Oh my god. Jake. Oh my god. But again, the the good news is he now owns the Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> Zardoz. Oh no! Oh no! I rented. No, I rented it. I didn't buy it. I did. Oh, thank God! Oh, thank God! I didn't buy it. Oh, thank God! Sean Connery and the Cod Piece should not be 
No. Mm-mm. Okay. The, so, the gun is bad. The penis is good. So for next week, we're going to watch Manana Never Dies. Manana Never Dies. I think, am I missing a James Bond movie in there? You, the last one you watched was Goldfinger, right? Golden Eye. Gold, Golden Eye was the last one we watched, right? Right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's the next one. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder why there was such a big layover between those two. It's like five years. It's weird. Um, license, between License to Kill and uh, Golden Eye was six years, and then Tomorrow Never Dies uh, comes out another two years after. Okay. Oh, no. Golden Eye was 94. 94. 94. Golden Eye was 95. Oh, okay. Tomorrow Never Dies, 97. Okay. License to Kill was 89. That was uh, that, yeah, that was the one where there was a long level because they were, they were switching bonds. Okay. Yeah. So next week we'll do Tomorrow Never Dies. Get excited. Anita, uh, you're going to watch this one. You love James Bond. Anita loves the James yeah. Bond movie. Justine hates him. That's going to make a great dynamic. Uh, Calais probably somewhere in the middle. John and I, you know, we're old men, so this is what we grew up on. And uh, Michelle Yeoh is in it. And Jake doesn't care. Jake's just, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the new Bonds. I don't like Pierce Brosnan. I'm not this a, is the Bond. I'm not the, a big uh, Pierce Brosnan guy, but uh, I am a big Michelle Yeoh fan. So there you go. There's a great uh, scene where she's walking down a wall and does a little wave, and it always. I always see that in my head. I always see, and, and she's wearing a really cool uh, leather outfit. Kalei, uh, mm. uh, she's wearing a really cool leather, kind of a throwback '70s kind of look. It's pretty cool. I will have my costume design notes ready. Yes, please have them ready. Please have them ready. Please have them ready. Uh, All right. So next week, uh, we will be back with uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, and we'll have an update on uh, Starship Troopers. So for Jake, for John, for Anita, for Kalei, for for Jake, for John, for Kalei, Anita, and myself. I had to do that twice. Uh, We say this transition is now. Fight the power.